Welcome to Baltimore, Maryland, and the high-intensity action of Glory Days, in contrast to the serenity of the thoroughbred farms of Worthington Valley. Here in Baltimore, the Inner Harbor, one of the great reconstructions of a major city in the United States. Then it's to the action in the Baltimore Arena. Let's go there for World Championship Wrestling. Welcome to By God Almighty! By God Almighty! By God Almighty! Wrestling Review, <laughs> the show where we crack open some lovely cans. Ah, that's a lovely my, my, Mine's already open. Lovely cans there. I'm chatting about pro wrestling of yesteryear, one pay-per-view at a time. My name is Graham, and I am joined by the skyscrapers. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you were asking me if I was taller when I came in here? No, no, I actually did think you were taller. <laughs> I was actually thinking myself there. We said dynamic yes. dudes last time. Dave Vicious. <laughs> I like it. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> and Dangerous Dern. Bibby. I'm Mr. Bibby. <laughs> how are you, lads? Not bad, not yeah. bad. I am enjoying an old oh, that's can. Good. Yeah. That's good. You haven't been drinking for a while there. No, no. First day I drink in nine weeks and uh, I'm feeling a bit dangerous. <laughs> How are you? Are you feeling dynamic? No. <laughs> are you going to powerbomb Johnny Ace on his fucking head? Oh, Jesus. That was nasty, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that when it comes around. Uh, so, this time around, we are still with WCW and it's Great American Bash 89. Uh, any the glory days the glory days yes. <laughs> any uh, thoughts before we went in did you know much about it I, I kind of mentioned a few matches that were happening but there was nothing the only thing I knew about it was that it was a war games thing yeah um, I was excited we, we mentioned war that games. last yeah, week, yeah. Um, or last time and yeah. that was the only thing I knew about yeah. it going in yeah. yeah, yeah, same. I didn't know anything going in, so it was completely fresh for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah same, same. Like, I knew the war games was there, but I was kind of excited to see war games. Yeah, same. You same. know, I used to always like watching that, even though I hadn't a clue about WWE as a kid. I was like, this match is mad. Two rings, two two rings. <laughs> like, I'd always like to see war games come back because imagine what lads these days would be able uh, to do yeah. two rings. Well, not to jump the gun a little bit, but some of the shit they were mm. doing, even then, even then, oh, can yeah. you imagine what they do now? Like yes. fucking hell, right? Yeah. So will we get into it? Let's do it. It is WCW Great American Bash 89, The Glory Days. <laughs> Twenty third, nineteen eighty nine, from the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, the venue of last year's Great American Bash as well, with a twelve and a half thousand attendance sellout. Every that ticket sold, none of them are free, nice. which is fucking a good, a good uh, draw. Yeah, definitely. yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a good card, though. You can tell, like, yeah. people at the time were definitely into it from hot, how hot the crowd is throughout. Yeah, most certainly. Our commentators for tonight are Jim Ross and Bob Coddle. Mm. Early, more so early in the in the program than later. We all watched the network version. There's a lot of clipping and yes, kind of definitely. 
like it, it like it'll be a promo and then bang suddenly it'll just be a match and you know they actually it quite annoying it was, yeah. it, I think it kind of stopped after maybe the third or did, fourth did. match yeah. so, sorry. so the first match is a Oh, before we go to Baltimore. the first match, are we not going to comment on the scenic video welcoming us to Baltimore, oh, Maryland yes. with the lovely ah, horses? Ah, the horses? That was lovely. It, it was, was quite It nice. was yeah, like yeah. the most... It was so surreal as an opening for like a wrestling show. There was nothing about the wrestling, nothing about like these feuds that they've been building up. It was it just like... into it. Like, you know the way sometimes they have, um, you know, oh, we're here in like, like, you know, a part of states I don't know like a, you know a blue collar working yeah, part yeah. of the states and they're like and they're gonna be ripping and then it, like it'll have something to do with them ripping each other apart yeah. or something like that but this was literally Baltimore's lovely and here's the wrestling yeah. <laughs> it, it felt more like I was watching the introduction to like a golf tournament or something yeah. showing us some nice scenic shots and, and now here we are for a bit of wrestling <laughs> but yeah, uh, I really liked yeah, it so did I, yeah. I it made it, it feel well, like yeah. a legitimate sporting event because yeah, they were just showing it was a change of pace but yeah. Yeah, yeah the first match is so there's two rings set out for the entire night because mm-hmm. of the war games match which we'll talk about later so the first match is a king of the hill two ring battle royal so oh, yeah. I'll, be, I'll, I'll break down the um, <laughs> the rules such I'm, as they are such as they are yes. yeah such as they are I don't actually think we were discussing before we recorded that these are very convoluted. Yeah. But when you read the explain they don't make sense. No, but I don't think they're super convoluted. No. I think the way they got the ring announcer Gary Capetta to announce them was very convoluted. Yeah. Instead of like he he over explained yeah, things yeah, and I know what you mean. people were so essentially all the competitors get in because there's two rings side by side, they all get into the fourth ring with the Objective being to throw all their opponents oh. into the second ring. If you were thrown into the second ring, your objective is then to throw any opponents you have over the top rope like a normal battle royal. And then when there's one chap left in the fourth ring and one chap left in the second ring, they're meant to have a match and then that person wins the King of the Hill tournament. Can I just point out one yeah. thing though, right? So who went over first? Uh, Ranger Ross. Ranger Ross. Yeah. Yes. Like he was pissed off when he went over. Yeah. Like, Someone's gonna have to be in that ring at the end of it. I know. You but you'd rather But so what what is the downfall of being thrown into the second ring at all? you're making a good point there. <laughs> no, that's, that's I mean, what struck me yeah, first. Yeah. You're I, still gonna have to wrestle a match at the end of it, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ring, yeah. So that that was just what struck me at the first, at, at the top of it, like, you know, again, yeah. it was it's a battle royal. It's battle a silly Billy battle, battle royal as well. Like, you know, yeah, and yeah, I think the way they explained it really made it overcomplicated, but the whole match is overcomplicated. And did you notice the fact that to even qualify for this match, you already have to have won a battle royal, which means they had 14 battle royals leading up to this. Yeah. Well, so, like, okay. Hold on, hold on. Fucking, do you know what the other option would You know what they did for, like, five or six years before instead of King of the Hill? Okay, Stampede. Yeah, so, like, okay, fucking, okay, oh, we'll right. take it. We'll of, take this. The lesser of two evils. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A bunkhouse yeah. stampede. Like, if you don't know about a bunkhouse stampede, go and listen to our bunkhouse stampede episode. Oh, God. Oh, unless you're depressed or something, because yeah. it'll only make it even more. It's so bad. But, yeah, that's basically what replaced them. Even at one point, Jim Ross accidentally calls it a bunkhouse stampede and then goes, oh, King of the Hill. Yeah. So... You can. Which one do you want? Okay, it's the lesser of two evils, <laughs> yes. but it's still not great. Okay, so the participants are. I won't be given little backgrounds on any of the participants unless until they have an actual match because it'll be I'll be here all day. But it's Wild Bill Irwin, Flying Brian Pillman, 
Dangerous Dan Spivey. Mitter Henry. <laughs> Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, who is number one on the Muller count. We're only, we're just, we'll explain why other people aren't counted yet. Kevin Sullivan, Mike Rotunda, Ranger Ross, Rick Steiner, Ron Simmons, Scott Hall. Number two. On the Muller count. Scott Steiner, Sid Vicious, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Why was Terry Gordy in there? Like, obviously he won a battle royal, but I think for him, him being in the war games later, yeah, he should have yeah. been left out of it. Maybe like, a filler. Yeah. Maybe yeah, someone else yeah. that he was supposed to be in it. Possibly, you know. possibly, yeah. So, it's a typical battle royal kicking and punching affair, nothing fancy. Ranger Ross is the first eliminated to the second ring, followed shortly by Ron Simmons, who Ross quickly eliminates to a decent pop, mind you. Yep. Uh, the wrestlers then progressively spill into the second ring and the ring announcer tries his best to keep up which is fucking stupid so and so is now in the second ring but it is now in the second it's like <laughs> so we can see like. so Vicious and Pillman are the last two left in the fourth ring Pillman tries to crossbody Sid who ducks sending Pillman over the top into the second ring making Sid Vicious the winner of ring A the eliminations come very fast now and ring B boils down to Rotunda Dr. Death Steve Williams and Midnight Heaney Oh, I actually forgot Steve Williams when I was announcing those. Um, oh. Like a big fucking tick. Another, another man who was in the, the war games. games. Yes, yes, indeed. So Dr. Death and Rotunda go at it, which ends up with Rotunda eliminating himself when he misses a clothesline in a bad-looking spot. It kind of looks a bit botchy, I thought. Yeah. I kind of liked it. Did oh. you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe it looked realistic. <laughs> maybe, yeah. So Dr. Death attacks Spivey with repeated clotheslines but can't get him out. Rotunda grabs Williams' foot under the bottom rope, causing enough of a distraction for Spivey to throw Williams out at 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Vicious, Vicious and Spivey are meant to go at it to see who'll win it. However, their manager, Teddy Long, Theodore Long, player, who has... Uh, Skullet. Yes. Would, yeah, yeah, it count still counts. Him. Yeah. Count him. Count him. There's an in there. Yeah, he gets Number on the three. microphone and tells the crowd... That the two lads won't be fighting as they'll just end up literally killing one another. <laughs> and they're going to split the 50 grand prize instead, which I thought was an alright ending. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go on. What do you think, lads? It's a battle royal. Battle royal. Battle royals are always going to be not amazing. I kind mean, of close to fucks. Yeah. The crowd seemed to be into it. It seemed to get the crowd going, which is what you want from an opener. Definitely. It was very hard to follow what was actually going on because it was switching between one ring yeah. and another ring. Until literally, um, basically, it was down to the three lads in the second ring. Yeah. Couldn't really yeah. follow anything. Yeah. Interesting that uh, Sid and Brian Pillman were the last two in the first ring because they would have a few run-ins outside of the ring in real life later on. So oh. that was nice. But this was... Uh, was it him he stabbed or who did he stab? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Was, oh, I'm out of the loop on this one, so you're going to have to explain Sid it. Sid has me. had a fight with lots of people. Okay, so okay. Yeah, no, I, I the know famous he was story a... about Sid and Brian Pillman yeah, is... This isn't the mop one, is it? It's the squidgy one, yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, go So, uh, Sid and Brian Pillman and a few other wrestlers apparently were in a bar, and Sid, being the upstanding sound bloke that he is, decided to basically make it known to all the other wrestlers how much more money he was on than everyone ah, else. Ah, lovely. Brian Pillman took offence to, as he would, and challenged Sid to a fight. Sid agreed but said he wanted to go outside first and came back ready for the fight with a squidgy. A squidgy? Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know like those mops yeah. with sponges on the end. Yeah. You like you pull the lever to squeeze. <laughs> that like, was his weapon of choice in the nice. fight. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can see, I can see the... Yeah, Even though like, Sid probably is a foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> like, not that that, like, you know... Yeah, yeah. You hear like what, what was it? Yoshi Tatsu battered Seamus. Yeah, and fucking, yeah. you know. And Brian Pillman is Joey Styles floor yeah, JBL. Yeah. Like size doesn't really matter, but like you should have at least pretended. He yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's squidgy. It's squidgy. Yeah, doesn't like, make him seem. Break a beer bottle if you want to be like you know if you really want to use it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I get a scissors. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, was that, that's later. Yeah, that's Aaron Anderson. Yeah, he I stabbed think. Aaron Anderson with scissors. <laughs> Fucking Sid hell. Did. He also, he also, oh no, was it Vader or Sid who got battered by Paul Orndorff? Vader. I think that was Vader, yeah. Yeah, well, Paul Orndorff was just wearing flip flops. He battered Vader. <laughs> just flip flops. Maybe a pair of boxes. <laughs> yeah. Flip flops are hard enough to walk around. Yeah. In <laughs> anyway, yes. So Sid won he that first round anyway. There, yeah. was a, there was a great bit when the three lads were in the second ring yeah. um, and they were kind of squaring off and stuff. And um, I, I, I hadn't realised that uh, Steve Williams had kind of done a, a face turn. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, so as soon as he kind of was in there and he was against yeah. the two other guys, it was clear who the face was. And he was yeah. kind of doing a little dance and stuff. And yeah. as he was doing that, the ring was, you know, kind shaking. Of shaking a yeah. little bit. And Mr. Speedy, all you could see is belly, which is like oh, up, yeah. and down, up and down, up and down, and up and down. Yeah, and I do like Face Doctor Death. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I like him very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get to Mr. Speedy again in a while. Just for just for Midnight Speedy is a dangerous dance boy. Yeah, <laughs> we just when he first appeared at WrestleMania two, we mispronounced his well, I mispronounced his name, and that's why we call him that. But uh, <laughs> like, we'll get to how dangerous. He really yeah. is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah later yeah. on. But even know. in this match, he's fucking. He's, he's one of the most like. He's he just doesn't take care of his opponents. No, at all. no, he looks no. like he's gonna kill someone. Yeah, yeah. he earned that dangerous moniker. He did indeed. Oh, certainly. This will be the last appearance of one Ranger Ross. Ah. Uh, so he'd be used as an undercard talent until leaving WCW in 1991. Afterwards, he worked on the independent scene part-time while also working as a part-time private investigator, probation officer, and debt collector. Oh, so like debt collector. collector. So he basically just went around fucking breaking legs. Cracking heads yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I fair like play to him. And fair play to him was right. He still lives in his hometown in Georgia. Eddie Gilbert. It's also his last appearance. Oh. Uh, so he left WCW at the end of 1989 and also divorced Missy Hyatt. He wrestled around various independent promotions and also in Jerry Lawler's USWA in Memphis. And he also married Deborah Michelli, a.k.a. Medusa, a.k.a. WWE Hall of Famer Lundra Blaze, in 1990, but they were divorced less than a year later. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting guy. In 1993, he was hired by promoter Todd Gordon as the original booker of ECW, before Paul Heyman. And also in 1993, he recorded an interview titled Looking for Mr. Gilbert, which historians consider to be the very first shoot interview. Oh, there wow. Go. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Um, Sadly, on February 18th, 1995, he died of a heart attack in his home in Puerto Rico, aged just 33. Ah, jeez, that's very young. That's a shit one, isn't it? That's really yeah. young. Part, like, this is, I read like, a thing from his dad saying he had a painkiller problem, but also he was in a car crash in 83 where basically his whole chest was broken. Yeah, fuck. So yeah, his heart yeah. was fucked from being injured and also, the, you know, so the yeah, it's not gonna thing end. of the two fucked him over. So yeah, that's uh-huh. that. Um, so we go backstage for an interview where with Teddy Long, where we have Gordon Soley, uh, like I've already, I've always heard of Gordon Soley and Jim Ross, fucking like yeah. you know, and every wrestler loves him as like one of the greatest interviewers of all time, and I'd say he's fairly decent. I thought he was fantastic. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Personally, I preferred Lance Russell last month. Ooh. I thought he was a bit. Uh, I don't know, but he was. Gordon Soley really he knows did his it for shit, me. Like, yeah, yeah. And he's just, he's just so serious. Yeah, and like it's almost poetic in some of the yeah, stuff he, he says. No, he is. Know? He is. And but like, even at, uh, when Sting's doing his promo with him, he goes, "This is my first time being interviewed by you, Gordon." And he like shakes, shakes his, his hand. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it, it means something. It's crazy. But did what did they say he was interviewing for? It was like he wasn't interviewing for the NWA. The World Wrestling, World Network? Wrestling Network magazine. Is this or a something? thing? Is this a real thing? Or? He probably possibly tried to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. 
and failed. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll look it up maybe next one. Yeah. We'll, we'll hit it on it. To be honest, promo it wasn't really much, was it? it was just oh, cramped. I couldn't stop looking at his teeth. To be honest. Yeah. I never noticed that. I before. never noticed it either. I didn't notice. Oh, big massive no teeth in the front. Yeah, big gap. He must have got that fixed yeah. before he went in WWE. There was like some going left, some going yeah. right as well. Like it was. What yeah. like it's not a it's not a pleasant combination to look at when you're looking at that fucking skullet as well. Like <laughs> no. Jesus Christ, no. So we'll very heelish look. We'll oh this, yeah. We'll get on to the second match, and that is Wild Bill Irwin versus Flying Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. So Irwin debuted in 1979 and wrestled mainly in the NWA Central States Territory and the Von Erichs World Class Territory in Texas, teaming with his brother Scott and winning various regional titles until Scott's untimely death in 1987. He went on to wrestle on the independent circuit before resurfacing in WCW. So Pillman had a gridiron football career before wrestling, playing one season in the NFL for the Cincinnati Bengals and another season in the Canadian Football League for the Calgary Stampeders. Afterwards, he remained in Canada and trained to become a wrestler with Stu Hart and the Hart Brothers in the Hart Family Dungeon. Mm-hmm. No better place for it. I mean, training, not like, you know, just... Well, shrup, damn. <laughs> Laughing at me. <laughs> he debuted in Stampede in 1986, where he stayed for two years before spending a year in New Japan Pro Wrestling and then coming to WCW. Mm. So if you're going to spend two years with the Hearts and then go to New Japan, you're going to be fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Before we get into it, thoughts on the two lads uh, here? They're, they have nice Krug. They I would say nice Bill Krug. Pillman is definitely a man. Oh, yeah, they're 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm unsure about Bill Irwin, though. What do you think? It's definitely long at the back. I'm not sure how <laughs> short it is. Yeah, the front. it kind of comes Yeah, through, it yeah. would be a, it's a. I think this is a judgment call. I'd this say it's of, like I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no as yeah, well. I'm gonna say just about no. Yeah, it just yeah. looks more like unruly long yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Unfortunate for that's you. Okay, that's okay. So we're on four. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. So Irwin attacks Pillman the second he steps in the ring, but Pillman fights back using his quickness to stay in control and hits Irwin with a spinning head scissors, sending him outside of the ring. And Pillman follows up with a baseball slide drop kick. Irwin storms back into the ring, but falls victim to a pair of deep arm drags, and Pillman works on the arm. Irwin repeatedly tries to brawl his way out, but Flying Brian dishes out drop kicks and crossbodies and keeps going back to the deep arm drags. Irwin finally gets things going his way with a sidewalk slam and a vertical suplex. He's very, very vocal as he pummels and slams Pillman around the ring. I kind of liked it. I yeah, really liked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to fly, are you? Yeah, yeah. You're flying now. You want to fly? You know, it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Pillman tries to fight back with the crowd loudly behind him, but while Bill Irwin cuts him off with a nasty clothesline, Irwin screams... Get up, Brian, you puke. <laughs> I, really, I really like that one. Pillman moves out of the way of Irwin's attack and unleashes some drop kicks and a beautiful running splash for a two count. He goes up to the top for a missile drop kick, but Irwin sidesteps and Pillman crashes hard in the, into the mat. Irwin hits a gut wrench suplex for a near fall, then hurls Pillman into the second ring. However, while Irwin is distracted arguing with the ref, Flying Brian climbs the other ring's turnbuckles, dives all the way back into the first ring with a massive crossbody to pick up the win at 10 minutes and 18 seconds to a great pop from the crowd. Yes. Yeah. Thoughts on this match, lads? Good match. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Solid, and you know what? Solid I saw a while Bill yeah. Irwin and I was like, oh. He looks like you're going to yeah, He looks like you're thinking, oh, here's a, here's a young Dick Mordock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what yeah, you're going to yeah. see, like, but he proved me wrong. And Jesus fucking uh, Brian. Brian. If, uh, the Nick, yeah, the oh, Nick of what he's fucking Christ. huge. Yeah, like. yeah, you can see why Sid wanted that squidgy. Like, <laughs> animal. Uh, yeah, no, it was great to see Pillman. Um, he's one of those wrestlers that I hear everyone talking about, but I'm not really familiar with mm. much of his work. Like, I remember 
some of his stuff in WWF towards That's the end of his career. But yeah, before but, you would have really yeah. Been, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing him, and uh, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, I was very impressed. I was I, impressed with both of these. Yeah, look, if you had a, if we had not had that battle royal, this would be a cracking opener match. Definitely, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It was um, really good looking. Was, was there one point where Pillman hit a sling blade type move? Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, there like, was. Like, like, like he didn't have the, he didn't hit the kind of second arm. Close yeah, on, yeah. But he spun around with the big sit out close on. I was like, that was deadly. That was deadly. Yeah, yeah it was really good. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Good, really good offense, and the dive from the second ring back into the fourth. Yeah, it was, it was a nice finish. And like we said earlier on as well, the 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 kind of vocalness of yeah, oh, of Billy, when he yeah, was it was brilliant, like really added yeah. to it. Like, yeah, you know? I really liked it. Very good match. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. good match. Happy. We now get an interview with Paulie Dangerously, who tells us basically his strategy for his match later with Jim Cornette is he doesn't even care about winning. He just remembers that at Starcade '86, mm-hmm. Jim Cornette badly injured his knee, so he said it's he was the just, scaffolding match, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He fell from the scaffold. And he wanted he was just gonna go for the knee and basically try and cripple Jim Cornette and end his career altogether. He also tells us that he hired Rob Lowe as a babysitter. Yeah, I know what the hell is that like in reference to a film or something? Yeah, I, or I what? don't not well, no, I know. <laughs> I thought it was great you, though. Is he trying to say he's like Hollywood connections possibly yeah. or something? I don't know. It was strange. Strange one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but great interview. I, ah, yeah, I yeah. Like, as always, as yeah. always. Calling back something like from two and a half years ago, and it is a legitimate injury yeah. where he had, he had to have surgery yeah. and yeah, had yeah. fucked his ACL up, and like just you don't really see things very often anymore. Two where they years call is, back yeah, two years yeah, later, yeah. and it's really good psychology for what's kind of gonna be a comedy manager's match. Yeah, they yeah. like but they put psychology. Yeah, into, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's very like, much so. You know, oh, it's perfect. Match number three is a tag team match. It pits the dynamic dudes, Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. <laughs> such men. Such men. Serious men. Oh, yes. Versus the n- a newly formed tag team, the Skyscrapers. With Mr. Spivy. Midnight Mimi. Dangerous Dan Spivy. Midnight Mimi. And his new partner, Sid Vicious. Yep. So Sid, real name Sid Udi, was trained by Tojo Yamamoto and debuted in 1987, where he wrestled in a mask under the name Lord Humongous. <laughs> Yeah, they He had a brief stint in New Japan under the name Vicious Warrior, where he challenged Tatsumi Fujinami for the IWGP Heavyweight title, and another brief stint in World Class Championship Wrestling, which is where he first used the name Sid Vicious, named after the bassist from the Sex Pistols, yep. as I'm sure you guess. Of course, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the action gets underway, Jim Ross takes a thinly veiled jab at WWF oh, wrestlers. thinly veiled? Very, very, very thinly veiled, yes. There was Do, no something else on it there, Dave? But no, it's just that he had some strong words for the yeah, WWF. He was like right? saying, these guys are powerlifters, they're strong, but they're, they don't spend all day tanning themselves. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, these are athletes. They, they might not have super muscle definition, but they're athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. Can we talk about the clean that hair chance towards Teddy Long? <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Head they were calling him as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. If we're going to talk about Teddy Long, can we talk about how shit that crown looked? Oh my God. What was oh, going on gosh. with that? But you know what was actually, the cameraman yeah. made a very good call and I don't know if it was actually... He, he like climbed the tone book? And he, he was like, he focused on the top of his head while they were chanting peanut head. That was fantastic. And like, he was like, no, was look at this crown, look at the crown. Get away from my head, look at the crown. He was going crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was really enjoyable. Um, so before we'll count bullets I think before yes, yes, we yes. call the action here yeah. um, so Mr. Johnny Ace Baby. okay John, Mr. BB is what that makes five, five. Uh, Johnny Ace yeah. Shane Douglas yeah. no I'd say Sid Sid yeah. has it like a permi a permi mullet permi mullet yeah, yeah most certainly that makes eight eight, eight. eight. shit so we've already uh, counted Teddy Ace so. and Spivey start out Ace lands a drop kick 
but it has almost no effect on Spivey. Spivey lands a pair of shoulder tackles, prompting Ace to tag in Douglas, and they manage to take the big man down with a double monkey flip. They hit him with another double team move with Ace coming off the top bar up with a crossbody and Douglas ducks down behind him which gets a two count. Spivey rams Ace into the corner and tags in Sid who gets a massive face ovation. Yes, That huge. was mad, wasn't uh, it? And like they were chanting at one stage saying they we were, want Sid. Like, yeah, you know. They fucking loved him. They beat on Ace briefly but he avoids an elbow drop and tags in Douglas who almost immediately falls victim to a side slam from Spivey. We want Sid's chance ring out while in the ring Spivey hits a crucifix powerbomb but doesn't bother going for the cover. A big fucking razor's edge, like, and yeah. there's nothing about it. Sid tags into massive cheers from the crowd and thumps Douglas with a clothesline, and the skyscrapers take turns working over Douglas's lower back. Douglas avoids a diving headbutt from Spivey and gets the hot tag to Ace, who hits Spivey with a flurry of strikes and then a diving clothesline for a pin attempt that is broken up by Sid. The skyscrapers try to double-team Ace, but end up clotheslining each other. The dudes double-drop kick Sid, then double-hip-toss Spivey. Ace goes to head-scissor Spivey, but Sid grabs his hair while the ref is turned around and slams him into the mat. Spivey follows this up with a fucking terribly dangerous power bomb, and then pins Ace very disrespectfully at 9 minutes and 14 seconds. That power bomb was a sick way to end that match. It was not nice. No, it was... He just didn't give Johnny Ace a chance to pull himself no, up like, at, at all. all. He dropped him right in his head. He did. Like it was... And then I thought just pinning his wrists... Like, I would have been... If I was Johnny Ace, I would have fucking slapped the piss out of him when yeah, I got back. Like, yeah, yeah. That's just not on. Like, I'm not saying pin him like you fuck, you know, like, but at least cover him. He wasn't even covering me. Yeah, get on top of me. You want to like, fucking rake your arm across his face yeah, or something, yeah. like, or push his head down into the but mat. But he just while basically, like, put his hands on his wrist. I was yeah, like, yeah. that's fucking not on. Yeah, and I just want to talk about is Sid's. I don't know, was it meant to be a submission move? What it was meant to be, the back claw, where he's basically just oh, massaging oh, I had, his back? Yeah, I have my note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Like, it maybe like a claw, but like... I, I have it as like the return it. of the claw, essentially. Oh, that yeah. was terrible. At least a claw so on the head bad. might make sense a bit. A little From bit. the back, it looked like he was giving him a massage. Yeah, yeah. yeah and what's massage. stopping him getting out of it? Yeah, exactly. I just didn't understand what it was meant to be. The crowd didn't care because they loved Sid for whatever reason. And what's the story there, by the way? And he was playing up to the crowd. Yeah. He was meant to be heel. He's down on one I thought he might be from Baltimore. No, he's from Arkansas. I kind of felt what I what I read into that there was yeah. that like he was you know looking at the dudes and being like, look how much they love me. Like you know, yeah, kind of little. I suppose part of it is the fact that the crowd are rejecting the dudes for being blatantly fake. Oh yeah, super. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, super cheesy. And you can't yeah. blame them. No, no they not at all. And that's why they like Sid because he just looks like a mean motherfucker. And let's be honest here, the fucking size of that cunt. Yeah. A lot, like, like, huge. Even, like when when Mr. Spivey tags him out it's like oh here comes the even bigger man <laughs> yeah. like, you know, oh Christ um, but there was uh, some a serious amount of no selling from Sid Vicious did you notice that especially like in well the, he was very protected in the latter yeah true yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very yeah. but like even like he was getting like digs left and right and he just wasn't selling them whatsoever like yeah. not even a kind of fucking I wonder was he told not to or was he just being a prick mm, I don't know so the crowd rejecting the dudes. Yeah. yeah. How could you possibly reject them after that fucking introduction they got from Jason? Uh, Hurley I'm pretty certain. And the fucking frisbee and the little fat did, kid. Did they get a Jason Hervey from the Wonder Years did their introduction. Oh, the lad who we saw at WrestleMania four. Yeah. Who would later yeah. be? Oh, I didn't know. He I, didn't, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. Is he, that who the alternate voice was? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a an overdub with WWE because they didn't have the original music. 
I didn't know that was someone else completely because you'd hear Jim Ross going yeah. and now back to Gary Capetta and it wouldn't be Gary Capetta's yeah, voice yeah, yeah, yeah. no well, yeah, yeah. They, they had a specific thing for the dynamic dudes I don't know whether it was on the network version or not but when I was reading it there was a big thing about Jason Hurley right. and, you must have oh, done a few oh. other ones because there was a different yeah, voice yeah. for a couple of people uh, and then the, the kid the fat kid the fat even kid, the yeah. fat kid, kid was, didn't give a shit he was rejecting the, the dynamic yeah Johnny Ace calls the ghost the, so, so they come out this one they don't have skateboards because of the size of the rampway, they'd be expected to skate down that yeah. <laughs> And if they went ramp. down that incline, yeah. they would have went snotting it. Speaking of which, can we talk about that ramp being deadly? Yes, it's fucking Whopper. Yeah. Oh, and it really? only gets better. I think there's not, like, I don't think we really have had a few of them, but this is the first time there's been a very, very blatant ramp entrance like way. And it was, a, there was stage, a stage yeah. and then a ramp down. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is the first time we've kind of really seen that. I know WrestleMania 4 and 5 had the kind of golden thing yeah. but that was, this was a blatant yeah. this is where they enter from this yeah. is the stage thing but yeah they call the kid over and the Johnny Ace picks him up out of the crowd and like Shane Douglas is trying to get him to throw the frisbee and he just doesn't he just shit. doesn't look impressed and he's about 6 like it's not like he's <laughs> 10 or 12 trying to yeah, kill him yeah. he just doesn't give a shit even when they're posing with him and all like, they're like trying just, to get his face to, is just they're miserable. trying to get him to do like the hang 10 symbol and he's like fuck off away from me. <laughs> I want to cheer for Sid Vicious so, what did you think of the match overall though it was grand like it was a it was an alright match yeah no, I, I, I think in in Contrast to the rest of the card and yeah. the, like the the match before it as well, it probably fell a little bit flat for me. But yeah, yeah no, it was all right. I didn't I didn't have anything like no. like obviously that power bomb at the end was absolutely fucking ludicrous. And like if yeah. if Miss didn't get a fucking dressing down for pulling shit like that afterwards, then yeah, you know, Meet there, baby. <laughs> Meet them, dang, dang, dang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 like. It's funny just looking at John Laurinaitis in this gimmick. I don't know how much longer we're going to get to see it, but yeah. we're making the most of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. head of talent relations, the dynamic dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing dynamic about them at all. No. Is there really? Like, what's their understanding of the word dynamic? Uh, <laughs> like, what would dynamic, what, like, what, what would it mean to be a dynamic dude, like? I guess in the dictionary definition, you could say if you you could either mean you'd be like adaptable or you could do a lot of stuff or like you're. That they mean like oh they can moving. surf, they can do ultimate. I frisbee, guess so, yeah. Like, but, but the thing is, they can't. No, they can't do anything. And I don't understand no. the fucking obsession that the eighties wrestling has with alliteration. Yeah, they do like a good alliteration. <laughs> no, like it's skyscraper. Well, skyscrapers is a cool name for two tall. Oh yeah, definitely. But like, oh, it is, but. Did you not think the fact Twin that Towers? Oh no, oh, not that. The, the <laughs> fact that they're billed as being from Metropolis. It's not even a real city. Yeah, like, yeah. Where are they big Superman ah, fans? Or is what? that not fucking cool? Though? I don't know. I thought it was a bit stupid. Like, oh, that's stupid. And the Midnight Express are from the dark side. Oh, I like that. No, <laughs> no. If you hate Metropolis, you can't. Like the Midnight Express are oh, the least great, dark side people. Like, <laughs> yeah, the blonde hair, blonde fucking fancy pretty boys. Like. Come on, yeah. beautiful Bobby isn't pretty, but okay. <laughs> He's beautiful. <laughs> so we thought we all thought that was an okay match, then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, so you know, Paulie dangerously, he's done his homework. He was exactly right on all his facts. At Starcade 86, I did get knocked off that scaffold, and I did blow my knee completely out. I suffered a torn anterior cruciate ligament. I underwent surgery. I was in a hospital for a while, and I still have to wear a brace because orthoscopic surgery couldn't repair it sufficiently. So you've done your homework right, Paulie. But I tell you this. This is a chance for me to prove myself. This is a chance for me to get some satisfaction, not only for myself, 
but for all those people across the country who would like to take one of these and put it upside your head, and that's why I don't care. If you break one of my legs, I'll come hopping to you. If you break both of my legs, I'll crawl like a belly, like a reptile on my belly to get to you, Polly, because I want some satisfaction. You've tried everything that you could think of to take my place in the NWA. You've copied my men. You've copied their moves. You've copied my dirty tricks and my cheap tactics. You have tried to take my place. But the only way you'll ever take my place, Polly, is when I'm six feet under. And if you want me there, you're going to have to put me there yourself. You ain't man enough to do it. And I'm going to prove something right here. Because if there's one time in his life that Jim Cornette needed to get physical and needed to win a fight, then, brother, it's right now. And I'm going to get at everything I got. And part of it's going to be for me. But part of it's going to be for all those people who have supported me and after all the things that I've done in the past has said, Jim Cornette, we're on your side. I'm getting out of here. Well, all right. We're going to the ring, and let's hope it's not the end of the career for Jim Cornette. Let's go to the ring. Next, we get an interview with one James E. Cornette who uh, says, Paulie's right. He does have an injury, and it's fucked, but he's still going to kick the shit out of him. Yeah. Basically, is what he says. What's his make of uh, Jim? I enjoyed. I really enjoyed this promo, like especially when he got into detail about like the the medical stuff and yeah. all. Like you know, it really added a sense of legitimacy. Verisimilitude is the word, I believe. Oh, <laughs> I thought I'd knocked that one. No, yeah, just like kind of this fucking. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like you know, fucking like realism and yeah. like a touch of. Is that what verisimilitude means? Kind of little details and stuff. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna stick to saying Mr. Spivy. Yeah. <laughs> That's your new fucking name. Personally, yeah, I really liked the kind of the pacing and the dynamics of the problem where he kind of he started off slow and he built it up and he built it up and he built it up and he got like really Roiled going up. up. Yeah, yeah. And then he kind of finished on this real serious note and it was like such a good baby face promo that you just don't expect from Jim Cornette. Yeah. And then to really top it off, we had Gordon Sody going. And let's just hope this is not the end of his career. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was so good. It was very excellent, let's yeah. be honest. He even talks about, like, you know, all the cheap tricks that he's employed in the past. Oh, yeah. he, he like, he alludes to the fact, like, he, that's something I like. I don't like when, you know, someone f- does a face turn and they completely ignore the fact that they've... They used to be a prick. They were dickheads. They were pricks or they... Four other faces. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, we're mates now. Like, nothing has ever happened between us before. Yeah. Like, I like that he basically was like, listen, bit of a shithead, but I'm, I'm all right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I changed my ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. Yeah, I really did like that bit. So we will get into match number four, and it is a tuxedo match. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the tuxedo match, it uh, basically two people wear a tuxedo, <laughs> and you have to strip them down to their. Undercrackers. Oh, I was thinking of a tuxedo on a pole match. <laughs> oh, that's far too Vince Russo. Yeah. Uh, but a very, it's generally kept for managers yeah. who can't wrestle because, you know, it's easier than having them try and build psychology. They just kick the shit out of each other. So it is Paulie Dangerously. He who is a another, little, he's a little mullet. mullet versus that's Jim, number nine Jim Cor- Cornette. I liked Paulie using the Phantom of the Opera music. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking cool. While Jim Cornette is coming out, we get a guy in the crowd who has a sign that says, NWA is number one, <laughs> WF sucks, but the WF has been blurred out. I thought it said stinks, not sucks. Oh. I, did, I didn't notice that. But yeah, WWF was blurred out. Anyway. Yeah. yeah that was I don't thing. think that was them editing it to save face. I think they legally had to do yeah, it. Because WF. Yeah. When the WF. When the World Wildlife Fund sued them. Yeah, yeah. Even though like they have no control over a fan writing WF on yeah, a piece of yeah, paper. Exactly, yeah. I thought that was a bit bollocks. You know, it's I, I know they've I know the W the World Wildlife Fund have 
they they went to an agreement that any previous footage or any previous cases of WF are allowed now. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. that only recent or uh, maybe two or three years? Oh, okay. But, like, but a lot of stuff had already been already edited, processed. So that's why, yeah, 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 they're not yeah, going to yeah, go yeah. back and re-edit it. So that's why. But like, how did they know that this fan wasn't saying that the fucking panda lads stink? Like. Who's the stuff and why do they need to I love wrestling and I hate wildlife. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. all we know, the NWA he's talking about is the niggas with attitude. Yeah, he comes yeah. in. I, I really like rap music. This rap I, music yeah. is good and I hate animals. Yeah. <laughs> Who, knows? Who knows? Who knows? Let's find them and ask them. Yeah. <laughs> right, but anyway, so the match itself. Cornette punches dangerously and strips him of his jacket almost immediately. Paulie retaliates with a handful of salt to the eyes of Cornette and bashes his knee with a joint mobile phone before ripping off Cornette's jacket. Jim Ross calls Paulie's punching a somewhat feminine right hand. Mm, yes. yes. <laughs> and he also tells him that, uh, oh, Paulie has been training with Bruno and Eric out of San Francisco, which are blatant 1980s jobs of him being a homosexual. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Bob yeah. Coddle got a great giggle out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear him going, <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Jim, he's probably gay. <laughs> oh, God. That was a great call. It was really, yeah, it was a good one. Uh, <laughs> Polly stomps Cornette and his injured knee around the ring and chokes him with his cummerbund. Polly spits on Cornette, who tries to go from, but collapses because of his hurt knee and rolls outside where Dangerously continues the assault. Back inside, Dangerously hits some stiff slaps and misses a bogey-looking elbow drop and Cornette, what I called in my notes, Cornets up. <laughs> it's uh, like hulking yeah, up, but is, smaller. It's small, much smaller, yeah. And levels dangerously with some big right hands, which look decent. Yes. And, uh, dangerously sold and bumped off them pretty oh, fucking good yes. as well. Yeah. Uh, Bob Coddle sounds like he's enjoying this too much. Mm. Let's see some clothes get off. And then he's like, <laughs> get them pants off. He's. It sounds like a gay man at a gay stripper thing, yeah. basically. <laughs> which is fine, but. It's a wrestling match. Yeah, please don't get a boner on air, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Dangerously goes for the salt again, but Cornette kicks it into Dangerously's own face, strips some of his tucks down to his jocks and socks, and Paulie sprints up the oil, and Cornette has announced the winner at 6 minutes and 22 seconds. How quick was fucking Paulie's uh, exit? Oh, it was... Uh, just <laughs> it was like, socks and boxes. Lads, for a match that is two managers who can't really wrestle... They timed it perfectly at six minutes in a yeah. bit, and it was. I enjoyed myself. I think like a crowd that's really into something can make up for a lot, and the crowd is really into this. Yeah, I think as far as two managers who aren't wrestlers having a wrestling match, there was a lot of psychology yeah. to it going and, after the knee and not overbooked. They didn't have interference or any yeah. of that bollocks. It was just the two yeah. of them. And I yeah. think thirdly. If you're going to wrestle and you're going to try and make it look real and you're not really that good, just lay it in. And I yeah. think that's what Cornette was just fucking smacking him. And Dangerously was clattering him back. Yes, the he slaps. was. They were those stiff big, as Those big three slaps yeah. in the face before he missed that elbow were fucking... They were solid slaps. You know what, lads? This was probably the best non-wrestler wrestling match yeah. I have ever seen. It's re- It was a pretty fucking good one. really wrestling. good. Yeah. They are much better wrestlers than Mistress Vivi and Sid Vicious who are actual wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> They've got a mind. Like, you know, yeah. They know how a match like, works. Yeah. Yeah. Despite, not at all, I despite the fact they don't generally work in matches, they know how one should be constructed and they know to play to their weaknesses and their strengths. Their mm-hmm. weakness is obviously the fact they're not strong. They're not agile. They're not athletes. But so don't have it go on too long. 
just kick the shit out of each other. That was always Heyman's thing, though, wasn't it? Hide the negatives and essentially. Yeah, yeah, that's his. Yeah, yeah, that's his strength. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was perfect. I really enjoyed this match, and I think, yeah, me too. Yeah, very good match. Yeah. So up next, we have an interview with Gary Hart. But before we have an interview with Gary Hart, this one's from my homie Eddie Gilbert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad now, but like he's, I liked him. Mm, yeah. say? Don't like animals, but we like Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also and we love niggers with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say we love Doug Gilbert. <laughs> he accuses like, people of raping children. So yeah, don't know, oh God. <laughs> Just fuck the police, though. Yeah. Coming straight out the underground, as they say. As they say. Do they say yeah. that? So, interview with Gary Hart. Okay, sorry. Back on track. <laughs> Gary Hart. I mean, the fucking amount of great managers on this. By the Gary way. Hart looks like pure evil. Yeah, he really does. If he grew that mustache out, he or in his eyebrows, possibly he'd be very Ming the Merciless. This was actually the first time I've ever heard of Gary Hart. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is he? He's nothing to do with. Nothing to do with. Okay, just a just just happens se- to same second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was a '60s wrestler, like you know, one of those guys who just becomes a manager and is better at it. Yeah, he had like, a great like line. A Bobby Heenan or a or a, yeah, come on, sorry. great line. He's I'll tell you one thing, Sting, and he goes, "I'll tell you one Sting, Sting, <laughs> Sting." <laughs> 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 Yeah, I like it. good talking, and, and then they obviously made up for the fact that Moot probably doesn't have great English. He was like, "No, Moot was away meditating, meditating." And he's I was like, drawing the mystic powers of the or the powers of the mystic Orient. Ah, of course he is. <laughs> Listen, people believe that shit, but also it's fucking cool. It is pretty fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah I know. and it also leads more mystery into Moot. Yeah, I'm like, yes, Moot. Well, yeah, I had a good like meditation yeah. before I came here for this podcast. Did you have a nice meditation? Yeah, I did, yeah. I'm very focused now. Did you get your ma in a mooter lock? <laughs> oh. All right. Why? Just wondering. It's a bit mean, isn't it? I don't know. He invented it. Or did you hit your dad with a shining wizard? He invented that as well. Did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then a moonsault. He didn't invent the moonsault. Oh, no, but he still did. Yeah, it's a AJ Styles <laughs> did the mooter lock for a long time, didn't he? Before he took out on the calf slicer instead, yeah. Mm. yeah good lad. Anyway, our next match is... A Texas Tornado match, which is essentially a no holds barred tag team match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No holds is right. Like. In, in this sense, anyway, it's the Varsity Club, Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotunda. Question about that, actually, because when I saw who was coming down the coming down the ramp before their name was announced, I had, in my notes I had started written Varsity Club. Yes, but they weren't announced as the Varsity Club. Were they not? Nope. It was Kevin Sullivan and... Captain Mike Rotunda. Captain Mike Rotunda. Yeah, I didn't notice that now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I didn't know whether well, Varsity Club was... Well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, this is the last time we'll see the Varsity Club as the Varsity Club. Yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll have a chat. Sure, about that yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, so it's them two versus the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, who are making his in-ring debut. We've seen him before. Uh, he was ring for... Star- yeah, for Starcade, I think, or possibly... Yeah, it was Starcade, yeah, wasn't it? Was, yeah, yeah, Starcade 88. But um, um, this is his first in-ring match, and he has a mullet. He does have a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> so does Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan has a mullet. Kevin Sullivan does as well. And, uh, Missy Hoist doesn't count, she's female, they don't yeah. count. Yeah. You know that chap from the Wonder Years who he, he was doing the ring announcement? Was he a mullet? Well, no, not he has okay, a mullet, okay, yeah. but uh, he was going out with Missy Hoist in real life for a while. Oh. He's well younger than. Are we talking about, like, probably last year? No, no, like... When she lost, went off the rails? Like, yeah, early the rails. 90s. Oh, fucking hell. Like he was, he, loved, he must have loved wrestling. Oh, yeah. Considering he's at WrestleMania four, he's at this, and you said he became Eric Bischoff's yeah, business, he's partner, business partner. partner yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he still wow. is. Still is. Yeah, yeah. The, well, they're the lads who are going to buy WCW before WWE bought it. I don't know if it, I think he wanted a, 
another consortium. I don't think it was him, but right. he is currently in Bishop Har- or Bischoff Harvey Productions or whatever. He's Fucking always going hell. on about it on his podcast these days. Bischoff. Well, there you go. What a bloke to get in! Like the Wonder oh, Years. Yeah, yeah uh, one of the supporting actors from the Wonder Years. And I heard Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? So strange. So strange. So yes, this match. Um, there's nothing really behind it. Like all the other matches haven't had much behind them. They had obviously skyscrapers, new tag team dynamic dudes, and new enough mm-hmm. tag team. That's why they put them against each other. Like we know that the Varsity Club were feuding with Rick. Yeah. And they wanted to put the signers together as brothers because they look. That's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So. <laughs> this one. I'm gonna try my best to yes. call yeah, this one. Yeah. Go for it. And I mean that in a positive way. So Rotunda and Scott wrestle in the ring while Sullivan and Rick brawl outside. Sullivan uses a steel chair but Rick no-sells. They continue to brawl and Sullivan crotches Rick on the steel guardrail. I'd say that was sore. It fucking, it looked horrible. They go back and forth using tables and the ring steps too. In the ring, Scott hits a 10-punch spot on Rotunda. All four men are back inside and Rick hits Sullivan with a belly-to-belly suplex while Scott slams Rotunda into the turnbuckles and traps him in the tree of woe. Rick gets a near fall from a big power slam and then Scott gets another near fall from a small package. Rick is thrown out on the varsity club double team Scott. Rick comes back in and sunsets flip Sullivan and then just heads him, headbutts him in the dick about five times. <laughs> which was, I thought it was about 18. Oh, it was still it was hilarious. Like, Instead of just trying to take him over, just start low. Oh, what a great, never seen that before. Yeah. That was fucking great. Rick brings a stretcher in but ends up getting clattered with it himself. Yeah. The varsity club tried to double clothesline Rick who ducks and at the same time Scott pulls the top rope down and Rotunda spills outside. Sullivan picks Rick up but Scott comes off the top rope with a big crossbody and both Steiners pin Sullivan at 4 minutes and 22 seconds. Sub 5 minute mayhem. Yeah. And it was fucking great crack I thought. I, again, the, like one note I have here was too short for me. Yeah. yeah it I wanted it to go on longer. It was just a fucking mad chaos yeah, yeah, brawl wasn't it? Really it really yeah. was. I mean like we live through the Attitude Area and all the ECW but I'm just thinking if you're in 1989 and you're seeing this you're just like what the yeah, fuck is, is going on yeah, this is like, just chaos there was no rest holds there was no <laughs> yeah. like you know leaning and selling it was like just battering each other yeah, Whip, yeah. a stretcher and getting knocked oh. yeah, and you said like they used the table but what you mean by use the table is they literally picked the table up and started <laughs> smacking each other yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it was like Warzone the N64 you couldn't put people through a table but, but you, you could hit them smack them, them with yeah. Yeah. oh yeah um, I will say one thing that yeah. like and this is a fair like uh, this is kind of you know hyperbole kind of but like Kevin Sullivan needs to fucking not be in a wrestling ring as, an, as a wrestler do you not think he's an alright brawler in this type of match I think he works okay yeah, yeah fair enough but yeah. when, he, when you put him beside the likes and kick of, and suplex. of Rotunda of the two Steiners he looks like he doesn't, he doesn't belong there that's, but that's what I always said about the varsity club is you've got all these collegiate wrestlers and then yeah. Kevin Sullivan who's the with his fucking yeah, 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 yeah. you know he, he didn't belong and that's why I wasn't fond of him being in, like, I don't mind him as a wrestler but as part of the varsity club I don't think okay, he worked fair enough yeah yeah no, that's my pick, but like, yeah, no, I know. Don't like him, you don't like him. No, no, I just thought it looked he, just, especially like in in comparison to the other three guys in the ring. Like, yeah, not to me. Like he, they shouldn't have needed the two signers to pin him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, true. That is yeah, very yeah. true. I kind of feel like he works a lot better in this style of match than he has previously. I enjoyed him. In oh, yeah, he's a, yeah. like, oh, like as a brawler, particularly bad. Um, this is purely yeah, based on his look. He's a he's like a Mick Foley style wrestler. That's how he should work. Yeah, he should work in that brawling style. He shouldn't be doing these. 
long drawn out technical tag team matches yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. way he should be swinging punches and throwing stuff at people come here though how fucking good did Scott Steiner look like he was, he was deadly in this match lovely mullet he's <laughs> I like the way he's not he's only using steroids and not abusing yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah there's yeah. a big difference and he looks like a million bucks yeah but, but and even but like know his performance weird, like, sounds weird I think he looks better in this single like covering up I know he has a fucking unreal body yeah but I think the singlet just makes him look more of a... Like, he'll just tear your head off. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, fucking... The Steiners are deadly, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing more of their tag team matches. I think I found a new appreciation for the Steiners, to be honest. Yeah. After after watching all these matches, yeah. especially Rick Steiner. Like, he's Yeah, because, because Scott, gremlin. Scott went on to have a better singles career after yeah. his split. And a lot of people forget about Rick, but... Yeah. He's brilliant. He's deadly. He's yeah. absolutely brilliant. And when he was playing the D- the Dumbo character, yeah. talking to the hand Alex, I was yeah. like, "This lad is a fucking genius." <laughs> I wouldn't go that far now. Well, no, he's genius a genius for coming up the character. Yeah, like, yeah. You, oh, it's, I, I really liked it. It was a great match, though. Yeah, uh, uh, very yeah, enjoyable. And, and more to add apart from beautiful bullets. No, like mm. it was, it was a very attitude era style yeah. brawl yeah. ahead of its time. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was good stuff. So this is the last. We'll see, well, I believe they had a reunion in like 1999, but this is the last time we see the Varsity Club. Well, like, as the Varsity Club, we're still going to see Rotunda, we'll still see Sullivan around, but thoughts on the kind of Varsity Club run we've seen since probably the start of WWE, yeah, I believe. Yeah. I, yeah. I've actually found myself becoming a big fan of um, of Rotunda. I think he's very good. Yeah. And like, you know, he, he has the look, he has the, the, the in-ring capabilities as yeah. well. Like, I don't think his mic work is a bit weak, but like... Yeah, okay, that's probably why they put him with Sullivan, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. give him a fucking mouthpiece. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm probably more of a fan of the Varsity Club gimmick than everyone else because everyone else doesn't seem to like Kevin Sullivan in it. Whereas I think that's what makes it good that he just doesn't seem like he belongs, but he's like right. controlling them all as this weird little fucker. Like, no, I like it as a, as a load of preppy jock pricks. Yeah, who think. You know, like the stereotype jock you see in American fucking high school films. I like them all being that and they think, oh, because they were on the fucking wrestling team or the football team, they're better than you. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great idea for a heel and a heel stable. I just wasn't, I just, I was never sold on the Kevin Sullivan aspect. See, I think you know you're I mean? looking at it from the wrong direction. I think in traditional 1980s wrestling, all those big jock lads yeah. should be the baby faces. They're right. all the, oh yeah, you know, the big they're the blue chipper. They're the, the heroes, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the big high school football hero. And then for some reason, they're all being pricks and all being controlled by this little fucking small. Freak. Yeah, I suppose. Remnant. Yeah, yeah. Remnant's a good word. No, that. Yeah, it's maybe. No, no, I understand exactly what you mean. Like, because yeah, you've got this guy wearing the Letterman jacket. Yeah, you know, yeah, and he's wrestling yeah. in Michigan, and he's from Michigan, and everybody in Michigan loves him, but he's a fucking arsehole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's weird. Like, no. I thought they had a good run. I, I thought, thought they had a great run, yeah. And it's actually kind of, you know, it's a little bit like it's, yeah. you know, brings a tear to the eye. <laughs> <laughs> ah. ah, the varsity. <laughs> Mr. Looney Tunes, the entrance team, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. We'll still see them wrestle, so just not as the varsity club. Five matches in. What does that mean? We're halfway, oh. which means it's only one thing, which is... Halftime history. Halftime history. Nineteen eighty nine, July is when this was, and we're gonna go and look over the last since the last pay per view in May. 
So in the music, the number one song in the US was Toy Soldiers by Matika. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not so well known on its well. I never really knew it was on, but I do know it from being sampled by Eminem. Of course. Yeah. Song the same name. Yeah, sure. The Irish number one was You'll Never Stop Me Loving You by Sonia. It's a, like, I might know it or I might not know it. If yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I looked it up yeah. and I was like, that is the most generic sounding A <laughs> So it's quite possible I have heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at all. Like, no, it doesn't ring yeah, any bells. It doesn't ring any bells oh, for me either. Um, if you have YouTube nearby, look it up. You'll never stop loving me by Sonia. Arguably the worst music video I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, other things released around this time. Nirvana's debut album, Bleach. The Offspring's <laughs> self-titled debut album. Oh, wow. Yes. And David Hasselhoff's album, Looking for Freedom. Ah, Holy yes. shit. Which is the tune he played at the fall of the Berlin yep. Wall, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Cracker. Yeah. Um, in TV, Seinfeld debuts. Oh. Yes. Um, in video gaming, teen, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game was released from the Nintendo. Interesting. Other things that happened in the world. I'll get onto movies last because that's the best bit. Other things that happened in the world. The Magnum XL200 is opened in Cedar Point, Ohio as the world's tallest, fastest and steepest roller coaster. There you go. Oh, shit. 205 foot tall, 72 miles an hour and a 62 degree drop. I want to go on it. Yeah. <laughs> and the world... This one blew my mind. Right? 1989. The world's first HD TV broadcast records in Japan. What? What? You better fucking believe it. 1989? Yeah! Fuck off. I know. It was in analogue, not digital, but that doesn't matter, Japan, you mad bastards. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get HDTV in like 2008 or so. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years later. Yeah. So, movies, the number one film at the box office was Lethal Weapon 2. Ah, <laughs> yeah. yes. And other other films released around this time? Roadhouse, starring Patrick Swayze. Never seen it. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Ooh. Never, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Poets Society. Ah, cool. Yeah. Ghostbusters 2. Batman. Holy shit. Funny I Shrunk the Kids. Ah, stop. The First cr- film the, I ever saw the in the kid, cinema. The Karate Kid Part 3 and Weekend at Bernie's. Shit. All those films were in the fucking cinema at this that point. That is a successful serious. month for cinema. Holy bollocks. Yes. Jesus Christ. And also, oh, sorry, sorry. One more film. No Holds Barred. Ah! <laughs> rip, rip. Which we, rip, will, we rip. will review at a later stage. <laughs> we'll review. I think we'll re- be reviewing it maybe two episodes away because... They actually held it on a pay-per-view, so I think we'll put it in our pay-per-view. Ah, yes. That sounds good to me, yeah. yeah. Can't, can't wait. Yeah. Um, so that was 1989, man. How long was uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in the cinema in Ireland for? Because I can remember going to see that in the cinema, and there's no chance I can was remember it something Honey, I from the kids? No. Okay. It must have been in the cinema for a good two years have, or something. Unless, unless they brought it back. It, it, might, have it, 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 it might have been a case where it's Ireland in the fucking late 80s, early 90s yeah, and they, they only have X amount of reels that they can yeah, actually but they, play. But they do random re-releases. What a deadly time to go to the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have to be alive. Yeah. What a crack of... Why didn't you bring me to all those films? <laughs> it might have been two and a half, but that doesn't matter. Shit. We get an interview with Sting and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Yep. Sting's very different to his last promo, isn't he? But I like how he points out the fact I'm usually a fucking nut when you say fucking. He usually says, I'm usually a nutcase, I'm usually hyped up, I'm going shouting, going mad, but I can't because he he respects Muta and he knows Muta is a dangerous, dangerous person, so he needs to have be concentrated. I thought thought it was a really... Really good promo. I thought it was a great promo. Yeah. Like, and he's he's doing that, but you can see him kind of. You can needs, see him building up yeah. as the promo goes, and then as he goes off screen, he just goes. Ah! <laughs> you know, like, I really like that. Oh, it was it was great. 
Did you not like it, Dame? Oh, I did, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dame, sorry, Dame's <laughs> playing with our sting figure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he, like, he was really selling how nervous he was, and he was, like, walking off camera and walking around the place, and, yeah, mm. a little bit Randy Savage-esque in the way he's yeah, walking the, around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I like that. How disappointed are you that you shaved off the mullet? Very It's sad. only a crew cut now. What are you at, Sting? Uh, it was always more of a little rat tail, though. Still it? technically a mullet day. <laughs> it's, it's allowed in the mullet club. Okay, fair enough. Now, here we are, yeah, stuck yeah. on 11. Oh, uh, here shit. we are. Shocking. But, uh, yeah. Eddie Gilbert said some stuff. It was grand. But, yeah, I think yeah. Eddie Gilbert was the one who was actually kind of getting Muda over, whereas, well, no, Sting, Sting was as well in his own way, yeah. but they Eddie Gilbert they, actually yeah. full on talked about him. And, like, he said yeah. they respect Muta, they just don't respect Gary Hart. And yeah, that's why yeah, Eddie yeah. Gilbert is going out to ringside. They're to protect Yeah, yeah. yeah. episode of World Championship Wrestling Gary Hart and Muta challenged Sting for his title to a Dragon She match okay okay so the following week Sting said he would fight Muta right there right then in that type of match but Gary Hart said they weren't just ready yet but they would take on Eddie Gilbert and they did take on Eddie Gilbert and they almost blew a fireball in his face wow yes sorry Darren I don't want to interrupt but it's okay that's the same do you like cream them up beforehand? You put them in the painting <laughs> like uh, Bart Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Again. so they said they weren't ready yet. Two weeks later, the match was announced that Sting would defend the title against Muta. The entrances forced off. Oh, uh, Muta had the two Oriental ladies, kind of geisha girls with the masks on, the big fucking gong, oh, the and gong. all that stuff. And then his music was deadly. The lights, oh my god, smoke machines. Yeah, like the NWA, <laughs> you, can really, you can really, really see that fucking, fucking up their game. Yeah. Oh, they are they're well ahead of the WF on. Oh, we, oh we, definitely. We were talking the last time. Maybe the ring doesn't look as clean. Yeah. Maybe the guardrails don't look as clean. But the fucking entrances, the, entrances, the music, yeah, and the serious. Yeah, we were talking the last NWA pay per view, saying they were getting there, but yeah. like they had the fireworks display, but it was kind of a, a bit, bit lackluster. Yeah, but yeah. this yeah. time they're fucking nailing it. Yes, really they are. Yeah, and I Sting comes agree. out. He gets a he gets a sparks fireworks display and stuff. And they had lights. Training yeah. on the side of the ramp as well, from which was pretty cool. And you even like Ultimate see some Warrior of the ripoff team is quite good. The, yeah, the cameras. Have you seen some of the, the some of the camera rigs they had? Some, oh, they had a big like yeah. it was literally like it had to be driven by a person. big massive crane yeah. on the on the run like that was fucking insane. Like, like the only thing that kind of and obviously it's to do with the war games was the hard camera was bad. It couldn't be used as much because we were wherever it was situated. Yeah, it couldn't get a wide enough shot to show both rings. I know they could turn it and zoom in on one, but. That's literally the only kind of... And that has to do with the fact there's two fucking rings. Two rings. Do you know what I mean? But otherwise, they really... It was fucking perfect. It was great. Yeah, it was really, really good. So anyway, the match. Yes. Mm. Gary Hart argues with the ref about which ring the match is to take place in. Sting is having fucking none of this. And he dives with a crossbody. Not like Brian Pillman off the top. No. Not taking anything away from Brian Pillman. But he dives... Running like a fucking planche, dives from one wing into the oh. next, taking out Moot with a crossbody. It's so good. I nearly did a backflip. I say, yeah, I was like, ah! 
<laughs> I, I oh. thought this was a fucking unreal way to start a match. Oh. But I'm still going to say it's my second favourite use of the two rings of the night and I'm going to get to what the other one is later. Oh, oh, right. Ooh, oh, I think we even know this. There's a few. There's a few. But yeah, it was deadly. It was fucking deadly. So they brawl outside and back into the force ring where Mu unloads his martial arts strikes and hits his trademark handspring back elbow in the corner. Mu mm. tries the moonsault early but lands on his feet when Sting moves out of the way. He sends the stinger to the outside and follows him out with a giant planche. Massive. Super hang time. Good stuff. On the way back in, Sting attacks Mu from the apron and floors him with a clothesline off the top for a two count. They fight in and out of the ring and then back inside, Mu whips Sting towards the ropes but it's reversed and the stinger hits a huge military press but misses a follow-up elbow drop allowing Muta to hit his flashing elbow and cinch in a chin lock. He transitions into an abdominal stretch and uses the top rope for extra leverage when the ref can't see. Sting tries to fight back but Muta quickly pokes him in the eyes to stop his momentum. He tries the handspring back elbow again but Sting moves and fires off two big clotheslines and a bulldog. Muta spits red mist but Sting ducks and referee Nick Patrick gets sprayed instead. Sting misses the stinger splash on the corner and Muta then hits his moonsault but there's no ref. Second referee Tommy Young rushes into the ring to count and Sting just barely manages to kick just out the fourth barely. Ring. Just barely. I was fucking... Yeah, same oh, here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> fucking hell! It was fantastic stuff. Sting ducks a roundhouse kick, lands a bridging belly-to-back suplex and the ref counts three. Tommy Young has the ring announcer say Sting is the winner and still the champion at 8 minutes and 40 seconds. But... Nick Patrick says that the, he saw Muta's shoulder come up. Gary Hart and Muta run off with the belt and the replay shows that both men managed to get their shoulder up before the three count. But nothing more comes of it yet on the show. One news go for us. Wow! <laughs> That's yeah. fair. Like, when you consider... Like, I'm the biggest warrior Mark you're going to find, but when you consider Warrior and Sting started off at the same time and they're both as green as each other at this stage and Rick Rude managed to drag a decent match out of yeah. the Warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine him trying to hang with Muda in this match. Like the fucking pace the two yeah, of these lads are off. going at. It's unreal. The dive from For Rinpore. 1989. Oh my God. The, 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 the plancha boy Muta. Oh, the moonsault oh, landing on his feet. Even like, ducking that roundhouse kick into the suplex. Yeah. Like, fucking now this match would be a serious pace for Definitely, 1989 yeah. like I haven't seen anything in any pay-per-view we've watched so far question like, for you is yeah. there was a point where Sting went to do his own little dive out, out to the outside and he landed on his feet yeah, Land- I think, was that because Muda was too far yeah, away yeah I think so yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. but dives, he adjusted. dives at that time weren't as regular yeah they weren't as commonplace you know if someone goes outside and you see someone ready to dive in the ring the rest on the outside knows to get into position but I think Sting was probably I think Sting possibly panicked and just went for it anyway Instead of waiting for him yeah. to come closer, but but they it, but even even still, right? That just shows he adjusted on but the I fly think, and just I went think, for it. And that's what I that's think, the sign of a fucking deadly wrestler. But I think it works for Sting's character because he's a mentaler. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if Sting yeah. runs and jumps over the top rope, even if he's not attacking you, that's what Sting does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know he's a mad man? bastard. Yeah, he's a mad bastard. <laughs> Sting just fucking flies everywhere, and it. Oh man, this match was. Mm. Le- less than 10 minutes and it was a fucking cracker it was the absolute business Wasn't it, it was fucking deadly oh. and like we don't get a definitive end and we're gonna see oh, this match again yeah. and I'm glad oh. <laughs> I actually and you know what when when like when Sting kicked out of the moonsault and he hit that back body drop because but like, it kept, it kept Mute was strong because obviously the ref didn't start the count when he should have because yeah, yeah. Nick Patrick was out and Tommy Young had to fucking run in yeah. oh. but I was surprised so when like 1-2-3 I was like 
wow, like it's, it felt over really yeah. suddenly. Yeah. But then there was the contentious part of it, and yeah. I was like, okay, oh, that no. makes perfect sense. You know, and like I know we've seen that finish a million times, and we've days. been pissed off. Yeah, but because this is so kind of the first time we've yeah. seen it in on you yeah. know in our run on the pod- podcast, I'm like, that was great. Yeah. And the the spit the the spit oh. spot was deadly as well. Like that came out of nowhere for me. I didn't see it at all. Oh my god! It was really what good. A fantastic. Some great match. commentary as well. I thought, yeah. I thought this match was really well. Jim Ross got really into his yeah. American versus evil foreigner thing. Yeah. In the of this match, he was very all American. Yeah, it was a great. Yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah, yeah. He, he used the term. It's high risk city. I thought that was <laughs> fucking oh, yeah. 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 Predating suplex city by a good twenty something yeah. years, like thirty years nearly. Yeah. Fair play to him. And even Bob Coddle was like, Bob Coddle was on the mark. animated. Yeah, he was like, he knows, you know, seven or eight different types of martial arts or whatever. You might be a great wrestler in the ring, but he knows how to take you down. I was like, Bob Coddle, what are you doing being good? (laughs) (laughs) It's about time. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yep. Yep, very, 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 very. Eight enjoyable minutes. I don't think there's anything more we can say except that was great. Yeah. Next up, we have an interview from the US heavyweight champ, Lex Luer, who has turned heel, which we'll talk about momentarily. He tells us his attorneys have been working hard on that his match with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, which was meant to be no disqualification, he won't take part in until they reinstate the DQ rule, basically. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on his uh, promo here, lads? He stumbled over his words and I was kind of confused about whether he wanted it to be a yes. no, no disqualification or a no disqualification or I was confused. Yeah, what yeah, he yeah, wanted. Yeah. I didn't really uh, understand Gordon Solly cleared it up afterwards. Yeah. Fair play to him, but... He yeah. said he had a great line there, and I wish I could remember it. Gordon Soli. Yeah, it right. was like, like it was actually the reason why I used the word poetic earlier on. Like you know, he did say something. He said something very exactly. lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very lovely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah uh, overall, I thought it was a like compared to the caliber of some of the other promos on the mm. show. Luke was, was not a great mic man, but he has done decent promos in the past. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. I also was telling you I hate the way he points at the screen. Yeah. He puts his thumb out like this. Put your, what's your thumb doing? All like it's and his thumb is huge because he's a giant man. <laughs> yeah. and it really annoys me. I know it's a weird thing to be irked by, but it's just, he points a lot as well. Yeah. Some point now. Sorry, I'm pointing at Derm. Poor Derm. Not... On the end of me luger finger. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. So. Uh, Match number seven is for the NWA United States Heavyweight title. It is the total package Lex Luger, who is the champion, defending against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So we saw in our last episode, Wrestle War, that Michael Hayes had defeated Luger for the US belt. Luger won it back a mere 15 days later at a house show in Bluefield, West Virginia. So I don't even know where they even no. did the title yeah, change yeah. if it was going to be. But also, uh, Hayes was being billed as a singles wrestler then as yeah. well, and now he's back with the free. Maybe Gar- I don't know if Garvin was uh, Garvin was out injured, and then they brought Gordy in, and they put yeah, him down. Yeah. Like why were they? Yeah. So on the June tenth edition of World Championship Wrestling, Luger said he was tired of being held back by the NWA, and that he should be getting a world title shot instead of Terry Funk or Ricky Steamboat or anybody like that. At Clash of the Champions seven, Terry Funk got disqualified in his match with Ricky Steamboat for using a microphone as a weapon. Luger ran out to make the save, but then turned on Steamboat and attacked him with a steel chair, cementing his cheeky little heel turn. On the June 24th episode of World Champions Wrestling, Luger said he was tired of making the fans happy and that he wanted to prove himself better than Steamboat. And a week later, the match was made. So Luger has been a heel facing a heel. Has anybody else turned as much? A macho man, but he had two extra years of, you know... Yeah. Yeah, he had two extra years to make two turns, if you know what I mean. Whereas 
you know. Yeah. Flip flopping. Flip flopping. Yeah. Yeah. Big show and just. Lugo's entrance is pretty nice. It's got some some fireworks which follow him down the aisle. Yeah, pretty. That was fucking fucking hell. Ah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. But it's but that's not that's like yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. Go on, go on. But it's no Ricky Steamboat. Tell us about Ricky Steamboat. Well, oh my god. First of all, he's announced us coming out with his family. And we see his his wife and his kid running out, having a good time. Then a load of lads pick up a big massive yoke that looks like a surfboard or something. Yeah, and yeah, Ricky Steamboat is standing on it. Wood. It's a very long surfboard. Like oh, yeah, six, yeah six like it's a big massive yeah. huge yoke. Yeah. And like that'd be cool enough. Yeah, All the yeah. lads carrying Ricky Steamboat yeah. down to the thing. <laughs> but no, there's more. <laughs> but wait. Ricky Steamboat is carrying what appears to be a monitor lizard. But wait, there's more. The lizard is wearing a leather jacket with studs on it for some reason. And not only is he, is he carrying them, he's like, it's like he's presenting, presenting them or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where do you get a leather jacket for a lizard? Wrestling, man. That's where you get it. You get it in wrestling. What, what an entrance. Oh, oh it was so and his good. music is the fucking oh, yeah. Like, this man is so regal yeah. but he's also a dragon he's blue and collar he's as well oh he's got it all he's got it all in the only thing that I will point out is mm. that some chap had a sign in the crowd saying uh, year of the dragon I looked it up in 1989 it's actually the year of the snake oh Jake Roberts Jake Roberts yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no oh no so the match itself they do some fast paced sequences and Steamboat gets a handful of quick near falls early. Steamboat then lays in his patented stiff bastard chops. Oh, fucking oh. hell. And Luger usually no sells chops, but oh, he's like, yeah. not no <laughs> Even if he wanted to, he yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way he's no selling these. The dragon hits an atomic drop on the outside, but is met with Luger's knee in the head when re-entering the ring. Back outside, Steamboat dishes out the chops again. He throws Luger back inside, but is caught by Luger coming off the top, and Luger follows up with a backbreaker. Luger throws some right hands and hits a big military press slam. He, Luger hits clothesline after clothesline, but Steamboat refuses to stay down. The dragon fights back with a barrage of loud chops, but the ref stops him. This bit pissed me off. Can anybody yes. explain this bit? Yes, yeah, I do. Oh, God. Uh, the ref stops, it, stops Steamboat punching Luger in the corner, which allows the total package to land a cheap shot. What was that about? He doesn't just stop him. He kind of counters him. his arm yeah. almost. Like, you know. Like, you know, like, oh, you can't do closed fists, but like, and I know you're not meant to like you're meant to allow the man out of the corner but generally you're given a five count to get yes, the man out exactly, of the corner yeah. but this was literally he was cracking chops and the minute Luger backed into the corner he swung another punch and the ref like grappled him yeah it felt like, very spotty to me yeah you know, like I didn't like that at all kind of pre-organised spot like a white he should have maybe allowed Steamboat to land a few shots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And go, here, you've had... And, even push him. Even get then, in between and push him yeah, back or something. Yeah, and then he's doing that. Then they were fucking... I was annoyed by that. Like, it was, I don't like when refs get too involved. Yeah. And Tommy Young seems to do it a lot, the fucking prick. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, it just annoyed me. Like, it made... It was like he was on Luger's side, and that's bold. Because <laughs> actually, no, first of all, when I saw it, I thought, yeah. oh, we've got a fucking... Yeah, we've got a job going on here. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, so Luger hit that cheap shot and then Luger gets a near fall off a power slam but Steamboat returns the favour with a near fall from a crossbody. Luger hits an inverted atomic drop. Steamboat responds with a swinging neckbreaker. 
Luger tries a crossbody, but Steamboat drops down and Luger flies over the top rope to the floor. Steamboat picks Luger up from the apron, but Luger falls on top of him for another near fall. And the total package goes up top, but the dragon slams him off and unleashes his offense, finishing with a diving chop to the head, but only gets a two count. Steamboat charges Luger and gets back body dropped into the second ring. Luger grabs a steel chair, but Steamboat sweeps his leg and slingshots him into the corner, causing Luger to hit his own head on the steel chair in his hands. Steamboat then grabs the chair, shoves the ref out of his way for trying to stop him, and wallops Luger with the chair, giving the ref no choice but to disqualify Steamboat at 10 minutes 26 seconds. I liked it up until literally the finish. Mm. Yeah, same. If the heel wants the disqualification rule re-established, surely he should then be disqualified so we can keep his title. Keep his title, yeah. Rather still, than... You know, he's a, he's a cheating little heel. Like, Jim Ross and Bob Cotter were trying to get over the fact, oh, Luger For... must have known Steamboat would get disqualified. It's like, nobody's buying that fucking yeah, bullshit. Yeah, Steamboat is the cleanest Yeah, and they all, yeah, exactly. The he, he also and made a keep, point, yeah. like, saying, oh, turnabout's fair play, you know, like, yeah, you know, he yeah. did it before, now it's yeah. fucking, but like, no, it's like he's a like you say he's a squeaky clean baby face. He is, and like, I know? mean, so like okay, Luger pushed him to his breaking point where he would use the chair because yeah, he, he attacked him with chair. it before, yeah. and he tried to use it in this match. Fair enough, but oh, I was a bit annoyed by it. Like I don't yeah, think Steamboat yeah. should be losing that way. Steamboat Definitely should be not. Steamboat is the consummate baby face. Like it, and I wouldn't fault anybody for Luger to just lo- use the chair. Luger u- loses by disqualification, keeps the belt. And Steamboat could still chase him off with the, steel with chair. The, with the chair. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he could have easily done that. Yeah, of course. You know, and it would have it would have kind of uh, would have protected everyone's character. Protected everybody exactly. Yeah. You know, but I thought it was a like a beautiful. Oh, like, to that point, I was, was really great. enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. The, op- the opening of that match was fucking fantastic. Oh, the All those quick pins the and lads. then you know it was <laughs> yeah. deadly. Like, and I really liked the way they were kind of um, measuring their careers to one another. They're like. Steamboat debuted in this year and by the end of that year he was US champion same happened for Luger when he debuted in this yeah, year yeah. but they have very you know uh, Steamboat is fast paced and technical wrestler whereas Luger is like relying on power moves and strength but their careers went in a similar kind of path it was, like, that was a, it was a really cool like, kind of subplot to the story yeah yeah, yeah yeah they're very quiet over I don't there. think I was as irked by the finish as you okay. I think just because the crowd reacted to it so well and they fucking... They, were, I, they I wanted think, Steamboat to flatten them. Yeah, I think like, chair shots were so rare back then. And yeah. like even though it was a chair shot to the back, not to the head. And that, yeah, let's be honest, the chair shots weren't even that They weren't fucking, that great, but the crowd Steamboat went such, fucking nuts. such a face, you won't even hurt people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was actually a weird bit with one of those chair shots at the end where like Steamboat was like nearly mid-swing. Yeah. And, and like Lure turns around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. It was like he was like, Oh don't hit me. Yeah, yeah. It's like me. Luger was the only one who knew about CTE in fucking nineteen eighty nine. But uh still had a spoiler. Yeah, I don't know. I like Sorry. when you when you explain it like that, yeah. I understand why yeah. you were pissed off about it, but I watched it and I, I just enjoyed it. I don't oh, think no, I, I over still, I didn't think about it that much. I still really enjoyed it. It didn't hurt the match enough for me to not like yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed it. But I will say this. Luger holding onto the steel chair while Ricky Steamboat slingshot at him was retarded. Oh, that was a bit stupid, really alright. Like, why wouldn't you yeah. just drop it? Like, you know, you're like, about to get slingshot. Use your hands, yeah. use your hands uh, to try and wrestle your way out of that move rather than just get slingshot on a loaf of chair. In the that, yeah, that did look really <laughs> yeah. bad. But to be fair, do you know what looked really good? Lex Luger's hair. 
Because he's oh, number 12 on the Bullet Club. Uh, uh, ding, on, there's got to be a 13 there as well. Oh, Do you think Ricky's Ricky, evil? Uh, oh. Come on, yeah, 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 Steamboat lays into the Lugo with the chair and then chases him up the oil all the way to the back. Which is fucking... <laughs> that was make, heavy. Make use of the oil. Yeah, like, too oh, right, yeah. yeah. And what I liked about it was, I know I was saying, like, WF have had kind of, like, you know, easily noticeable oils in the past, but when wrestlers were doing things, let's say at WrestleMania 4 on that oil or any of them, you couldn't see what they were doing because there was just crowds of fucking yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. The oil and the stage on this, everybody could see it. It was like a, like a stage, a play point, so everybody can see it. The camera can see everything that's happening, and it's fucking, you know, so it can play out as it goes up there. I thought yeah. it was great. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really fantastic. So, after this, they have to lower the cage for the War Games match, so we get a bit of lengthy promos. Mm-hmm. So, the first one is from the heel team in the War Games match, which is the Fabulous Freeboards and the Small Swat team. Small Swat team just bite each other and do shit. Yeah, Whereas the Freeboards themselves do promos. Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, we haven't seen him in a long time, but I know he can talk the fucking talk, and he yep. did. He did indeed. He talked a lot. I really liked him. Michael Hayes, we know he can fucking talk. Of course, talk. yep. That was deadly. Terry Bam Bam Gordy. <laughs> like this, you know we're gonna end, we're gonna end the war, because we got the bombs, and tonight we're gonna drop the bomb on Baltimore. Explode right through your television set. <laughs> 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 he may as well be saying because uh, he dropped the bomb there. Hit the bomb. <laughs> yeah, go on. Tell me about what you thought of these promos here. I just there was. I I know you're saying the lads could cook good promos, but for me there was just so much going on. There was so much shouting over each other, and at the same time the Samoans on the ground biting each other. I was I just, very I just distracted did, by yeah. the Samoans. I just ignored the Samoans. Oh, I couldn't. I was very because I I kept looking. I kept thinking, what are they doing now? And then yeah. I oh, like, I would say the Samoans were trying to see what they could get away with. For, yeah. for, people, <laughs> you know, for people who who haven't seen this, right? So the. The three freebirds are standing together, and underneath them, the Samoans are sitting down, on their bunkers almost, yeah, biting yeah. each other while the freebirds are talking about how they came over on a canoe because they wouldn't get on an aeroplane. Yeah, yeah, they like, paddled oh, over here. They're talking about how the Samoans. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The yeah obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. no, the freebirds flew over. Whatever, yes. but uh, <laughs> like, the birds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As we'll get to with yeah. uh, the Hulk Hogan wannabe in a minute. Yeah, but like, oh, I don't know. I didn't enjoy this promo at all. Like, I kind of found it funny because it was just so nuts. But uh, I Terry think, Bam I Bam Gordy, no, yeah, no, 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 I liked, I liked Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes. Yeah, they were talking banjo, all right. Yeah. But it was easily disguisable banjo when you do the eighty shouty shouty over. When Terry Bam Bam Gordy started talking, I really, I actually became unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know actually, he was like. He was just like his big stupid fucking quadruple chin. You know, he might have the bomb. It was just really unsettling, but not in a like 
I'm watching a cool horror movie on Settling or a psychological thriller, like Seven or something. It was more like, <laughs> I'm what, oh, shut your mouth, you big fat tick. Actually, I want to take... Not in a heel way, yeah, in a way, like, you're actually yeah, just... You're, you're just bad. Like, don't, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. listen to you. Yeah, yeah but I want to take back what I said, now that I think about it. Michael Hayes did have some pretty cool lines about going in the outdoor and up the downstairs, and he had a nice little rhyme scheme going on. But either side of Michael Hayes, I didn't enjoy. Oh, I don't mind Jimmy Garvin. Uh, Remember Jimmy, Jimmy Garvin's last poem where he talked for twelve minutes straight and <laughs> take a breath. Yeah, uh, he, he can. He's. he's uh, yeah, I don't know. He did. He do a lot me. worse than Jimmy Garvin. Yeah, I think like Lex Luthor, Terry Terry Bam Bam Gordy was the real problem here. He was. He annoyed. Yes, it. I big think he. Time. Yeah, 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 big time. He uh, just sounded like a big cabbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, the bomb's gonna explode all the way through your television sets and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, in Baltimore. Maryland. Yeah, he took it like a, a brief yeah. but very noticeable pause yeah. between those two words. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's know? that horrible little pause you do. Like, <laughs> right, only people from where we're from are going to get this. But there's a shopping centre called the Ashleaf Shopping Centre. It's one word A S H L E A F, Ashleaf. But my ma pronounces it as two words. Like so she the Ashleaf? No, she, but it's so, so, like, the, the gap is so small. It's like, I'm just going to the Ashleaf. <laughs> and I'm like the ash leaf no the ash leaf <laughs> it's just that tiny and I'm like you're really wrecking me head and that's what he did he was like Baltimore Mary there was a pause and it was really annoying yeah Wait. but if we're going to bring a positive out of it how much time for the fucking sunglasses oh, good sunglasses yeah, good sunglasses yeah, yeah, yeah. here's the problem overall the freeboards are so 300% cooler than the dynamic dudes who are meant to be cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay, see. Do you, I think the freeboards yeah, are yeah. generally. I think so too. They yeah. talk shite or whatever. They look cooler. They act cooler. They wear cooler shades. They have cooler hair than the dynamic dudes who are meant to be cool and blatantly not at all. See, see, what you're saying makes complete sense. But what I thought you were going to go for was here's the problem. The freebirds are big southern racists. Why are they teaming with the Samoans? Why aren't they just slapping a few japs? Oh, well, they yeah, are okay. racist, but also money's money, baby. We talked last time about yeah. Dick Murdoch and Junk Air Dog teaming up. Fair enough. Fair you know what I mean, money yeah. is money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People, money, money is above all races and all the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is. Green is the only color that matters. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. What an excellent. That's a new tagline for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. So after that we get the faces <laughs> doing a promo. So we we get first we get the Midnight Express who are like holding the microphone, which made them very different to the heels because the heels are just shouting yeah, on the screen. Yeah. They're blatantly holding. <laughs> this See, is amazing. I, I've seen this gif before. I've never and, I, I, and it was looped gif, right? And I didn't know what it was from, and now I found what it's from, and I love it. So basically, Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton are standing there cutting a promo, and Doctor Death, Doctor Death, just like. Flies across the screen like he's Superman. With, with his the, arms out. With the stupidest grin on his face. Like he, and I was like, that was amazing. It was it, fantastic. Like, it's exactly what the hurricane would do. And I never knew where he got it from. And now I know. <laughs> yeah, the doctor, of all the people, the least... Yeah. Like, one of the most serious characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the stuff he was saying as well, I don't necessarily think he could a good, a decent enough promo this time. I know I, he's, he's capable no, of speaking I, well. He's been bad before. I think this was the best one yeah, he's caught so yeah, far. Like, he's yeah. saying some mad stuff. Like, oh, he was talking banjo. And I'm the bird hunter yeah. crusher. He's not the bird hunter. That's yeah. why he's flying. What's not to love? I'll loop back to again. He's another bloke 
who pointed out that he was a heel previously mm-hmm. but he's not when the road Warriors came in he was like I know we've had our differences and we've gone come to blows but tonight we're on the same team and we're gonna you know yes. get the job done you're two tough cookies I'm a tough cookie <laughs> tough <laughs> cookie cookie <laughs> amazing uh, I don't know if Animal thought they were, I'm, I'm guessing they were pre-recorded but I think Animal thought they were gonna edit them because like Dr. Death cuts his big rah, 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 promo and he goes like he gives it to Animal and I was like yeah cheers yeah and then he starts shouting and I was like that little I second, didn't even notice that he kind of goes oh thanks yeah like in his normal <laughs> voice yeah. and then starts going we're the road but there was like that set, set, one sentence of him going cheers Steve <laughs> and then to, oh it was but the road warriors especially uh, Hawk yeah uh, Hawk Hawk is the man he puts the shits up me man he <laughs> yeah. is such a terrifying individual ever since that rape problem oh, uh, you know like, you wanna go to space man <laughs> soft I'll teach you something about soft oh, but his promo with like Hawk is just he oh. could literally read the fucking phone book and you would be petrified. It's his movements as okay, well. The way yeah. he rolls his shoulders. What we're saying, yeah, he could read yeah. the phone book and you've been scared, whatever. But like, this guy's meant to be a face and he's like, yeah, and after I get through you, I'm going to kill your fucking family. Yeah, he are going for your says, wife and kids or something. He yeah. says, Michael Hayes, after I get you, I'm coming for your family. He legitimately says that. He's a baby well, face. I must have missed that because I was just so... I remember that place. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like, this is scary, man. Very like, scary. I like his attitude. Yeah. More to your family because why not? He's gonna rape Ric Flair and then murder Michael Hayes' family. What a baby face! <laughs> I love wrestling. Oh, wrestling! <laughs> so good. Right. So second last match. It is the War Games yes. match. If you are unfamiliar with the War Games concept, well, I'm gonna fucking tell you now. <laughs> so two rings. They have a, a mesh cage, not the big blue bar steel cage like a lot of steel matches. Mesh cage. But it also has a roof a la Hell in a Cell, but mm-hmm. it rests on the apron like a regular steel cage match. Two competitors from each team start the match in a five-minute period, and the team who won the coin toss, 99% of the time it's the heel team, because that's how wrestling works. After the five-minute period, they get to send in another man, so it becomes a two-on-one handicap situation. Yes. Then that period lasts for two minutes. Team that lost get to send in someone and even the odds, and then basically every period from then on, Lasts for two minutes where each team gets to send in a new pair. Each alternating team gets to send in a new person for two minutes until all members are in. So there'll be five versus five. Yep. And then once all members are in, the only way to win is by submission or surrender. There's no pinfalls. There's no knockouts. There's no blood stoppage. It's literally they have to say, oh, I give up. And I and actually, just to touch on that yeah, a little yeah. bit, I found it interesting the language that JR used during the, when he was commentating yeah. on it. Who's got to say, I quit first? Yeah. You know, That's and like. Cool. It's the name of the match. Yeah. And a few years later, like, yeah. you know, I don't, although I don't know if they've ever, if there was yeah. ever an I Quit match we'll before about, that. We'll okay, cool. Yeah. Right. The next match. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, so it is the Fabulous Freeboards, Michael PSA's gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and Terry Bam Bam Gordy, and the Simone SWAT team, Samuel Fatu, versus the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, the Midnight Express, Sweet Stan Lane and Beautiful Bobby Eaton, and Dr. Death Steve Williams. Before we get into yes. the match, should we count the mullets? Well, yes. gonna, yeah, we'll count the mullets, then I'll give you a background on this match, and then we'll count the mid-match. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about the mullets. 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 We'll go back to that. Priorities. Michael P.S.A.'s. Yes. Mm. Terry Bam Bam Gordy. 
I would say yes. Yeah. Would you say yes, right? yeah. That's 15. Yeah. I wouldn't say Jimmy Garvin. He's just got that massive perm thing. Personally, yeah, I'm going to say yeah, no. Okay, no, yeah. Okay, yeah, well. we'll... Um, I don't think either the Simones do either. They have mad perms as well. I'm willing to be vetoed here, but I would I say, say I would maybe Samu, maybe. He kind of had blonde in his hair, didn't he? A little mm. bit. Yeah, maybe Samu. Yeah, right. That, that's 16. Right. Um, animal. <clears throat> what, you say no? No, I'm saying one? yes. He's so saying it's a big, dirty yes. little rat tail oh, mullet um, at the back. Bobby Eaton. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, God, yeah. 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 Obviously. And I think that's where it ends. I wouldn't say Sweet Stan has one, and I wouldn't say Dr. Death has one. No, Dr. Death definitely not. But the Sweet Stan is up for debate. I'd say Sweet Stan. I would have. I would have given it Sweet Stan. Oh, as well, two on one, two versus one. That's it. Go Sweet Stan. Then, like, after is that nineteen? I see. That's, that's is that a new record? <laughs> we have one more match to go. It will. It'll probably be a new. Record. Wait, what's the seven? Is it seventeen? The record? No, nineteen. Oh, nineteen. Nineteen oh. or WrestleMania five? We got. <laughs> yeah, so we might be breaking. <laughs> Okay, we know at the end of Wrestle War, the World Tag Team titles are vacated because of the Varsity Club shenanigans. Yes. So, a tournament was held over the few weeks with the semi-finals and final occurring at Clash of the Champions 7. So, in the quarter-final, I'm not going to go through every quarter-final, I'm just going to go to the month that matter. In the quarter-finals, the Fabulous Freeboards defeated the Road Warriors with help from the Samoans' interference. And then at Clash of the Champions 7, in the semi-finals, the Freeboards defeated the Dynamic Dudes. And the Midnight Express defeated the Samoan SWAT team with help from the Road Warriors interference. In the final, the Freeboards defeated the Midnight Express with help from Terry Gordy interfering to win the World Tag Team titles, which they are in this match, although no titles are on the line. On the June 17th edition of World Championship Wrestling, Jim Cornette announced he'd gotten a new ally for the Midnight Express against the Freeboards, because three on two, and he revealed that it was Dr. Death Steve Williams who had been on a tour of Japan and... Just so it didn't seem out of the blue. They had Kevin Sullivan cut promos on Williams while he was gone saying the varsity club losing the tag team belts was all Williams' fault and they blamed him. So that, that's so nice. then when he came back, it, it made sense that he had torn yes, face yes, rather yes. than just out of the blue, he's now a goodie. Do you know what I mean? Cool, cool. Mm. Yeah. So that same night, Terry Gordy pinned Dr. Death in a match when the other freeboards interfered, bringing out the Road Warriors, the Midnight Express and the Simones and resulting in a massive, massive brawl. The following week, it was announced that the two teams would have to face each other in a War Games match. Deadly. Nice little setup. Definitely. Remember, yeah, yeah, good way to do it. So, the first period sees gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and beautiful Bobby Eaton against each other. They brawl back and forth and Eaton hits a swinging neckbreaker, misses an elbow drop and Garvin hits a body slam. Eaton fights back with an atomic drop, but Garvin retaliates with a boot to the face and hurls Eaton into the cage. Samu reaches underneath the cage wall and pulls Eaton's hair while Garvin chokes him with his foot. I thought that was nice. Yeah, yeah, cheating, really cheating even though it's not against the rules. They continue to brawl back and forth, exchanging moves and strike strikes. Eaton hits a pair of backbreakers, and with 30 seconds remaining in the first period, Eaton puts Garvin in a Boston Crab. In the second period, because the heels won the coin toss, they send in Terry Bam Bam Gordy. The two heels beat... Eaten around and throw him into the other ring where they continue the beatdown, throwing him into the cage walls. The tour period then comes along. Those two minutes felt so fast then. Yeah, I thought the, so the five minutes was very long, then two minutes, yeah. two minutes, two but minutes. I felt the problem was they made the ring announcer go, one minute remaining. I was like, just count to 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, we don't need every minute being like. But anyway, the tour period, Dr. Death Steve Williams comes in to even the odds. He storms in and floors the freeboards with a double clothesline. Williams and Gordy fight in the other ring where Williams military presses Gordy. Eight fucking times. reps oh. yeah, yeah. into the cage roof before slamming him. Meanwhile, Garvin and Eaton brawl on the aprons between the rings. The fourth period starts and Samu comes in. He comes right in and drops Williams with a spin kick and a headbutt. 
Three heels then take turns double teaming the two faces who make comebacks at attempts. Comebacks at attempts? Attempts at comebacks. But <laughs> to no avail. The fifth period comes and it's a three on three situation and Animal comes in. He comes into a fucking Massive road pop. warrior Jesus pop as they call it. Christ. And he is ready to cause murder. He lays Gordy out with clotheslines, kicks the shit out of Samu and throws him into the other ring and hits a diving shoulder block to the other ring okay the- so earlier we said <laughs> there was a point where the two rings were used even better holy that fuck was that shoulder amazing. block I, I audibly went I, so, so, like, I, was on the, I was I was sitting in the canteen in work <laughs> watching this on my phone at lunchtime and I was like ah! I was lucky everyone was fucking gone like, you know? I was lying down on my couch I wasn't even sitting and I jumped out of my couch <laughs> yeah. lads that's so good. So like good. of all the people in this match, I'd expect it from like maybe Stan Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone a bit like smaller. Yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, a bit like animals nimbler. shouldn't be able to do that. Three hundred and twenty pound muscle. Big fucking bastard. shoulder coming yeah. at you. Uh, Over and he like cleared the two ropes. Easy, yeah. uh, easy. Like it was, it was so good. Deadly. That was a, that was a, I popped like a little girl. And it's it's it's, it's gonna get better. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So he fucking murders everybody on the hill team like a. Animal, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd are going fucking. This is what happened with us. The crowd are going mad. I'm going mad. <laughs> <laughs> Eaton and Williams then start feeding lads into animals' clothes. <laughs> the sixth period starts, and Fatu is sent in to put it into a four on three situation. He comes in, and both Simones go after Animal. The seven competitors are brawling all over both rings, and on the outside, Hawk roils up the crowd into a frenzy. The seventh period starts and Stan Lane comes in to even the odds and he starts ramming opponent after opponent into the cage wall. Everyone is knackered at this stage and they're just slowly brawling about the place. You can really see that. Yeah. The eighth period starts and the last heel comes in, Michael P.S. Hayes. He comes in and hits all four members of the face team with a DDT. I thought that was a good <laughs> way for people to go, oh shit, they're going to fucking win. Her. And his little fucking strut afterwards oh, yeah, as well. And, yeah. He, he taunts Hawk through the cage and a We Want Hawk chant begins. The ninth period starts and the final War Games match. Hawk comes in off the top rope, double clotheslines the Simones, runs through Hayes with the clothesline, chops the ever-living shit out of Gordy and then military presses Garvin and throws him like a javelin into the turnbuckles. Beautiful Bobby gets some revenge and starts dishing out some DDTs of his own. Hawk then follows Animal's leads and hits a diving <laughs> shoulder block from one wing to the other on both Guardians. I know that one! Fucking roll. So Warriors. good. It was, they didn't need to do it, but they just fucking oh. did it. And it was the fact that the two of them did it oh. separately. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, oh, it was amazing. Ridiculous. And he takes out Gordy and Samu. Oh my God. It was stupid and brilliant. And I went mad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Garvin saves Gordy from a doomsday device, but gets hit with a diving clothesline from Hawk for his troubles. Hawk hits him with a hangman's neckbreaker and then puts him in a hangman's chokehold, forcing Garvin to submit. And the Road Warriors team wins the war games at 22 minutes and 18 seconds after the face team leave Animal is still in the ring on his own the heels hold the door closed and beat him up Hawk and Dr. Death finally manage to rip the door open and the heels scarper what a fucking match this was very good I really enjoyed it so like the road warriors yes yeah, so <laughs> they so, fucking so the ro- came out on Harley Davidson oh, 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 sorry oh. I just like, and the, the, they had Iron Man with Black oh. Sabbath or a cover anyway yeah. so they could use it they came out on the back of Harley Davidson's big black spikes. Oh my! And you think of that, like what what sprang to my mind when I when I saw that was like when I saw the Undertaker do that for the first time. I was like, 
in 2000 or whatever is, it was this is amazing <laughs> I know he was driving the motorbike yeah, but it doesn't, still, fucking, doesn't matter. fucking matter I like, think it almost looked cooler that they weren't because they, they looked were so fucking excellent. huge yeah, compared yeah. to the last we were driving real Mad Max kind yeah. of yeah, vibe like you know road warrior yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie like we've seen the road warriors up to now and they've been good but this was the fucking time when you were like, oh, this They're is the fucking, fucking Road yeah, Warriors. Yeah, 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 this yeah, is yeah. the Road Warriors. It oh, was. my God. Uh, like, the pops they were getting were... Jeez, the, the crowd biggest... were going fucking oh. mental. Rightly so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those dives. They, Those dives were so, like... They're the coolest fuckers that you'll ever oh. see. Oh, I also want to shout out to fucking Dr. Death for repping Terry Gordy above his head. And you know what? <laughs> On him, I found myself enjoying him as a face like I Dr. found myself like kind of rooting he's for him a, like, yeah, you he's, know, a he's a much a, more enjoyable face yes, than he is do you think yeah. it was a conscious decision when he turned face to start wearing Hulk Hogan's gear because like, Scott Stoner's wearing Hulk Hogan gear as well I don't know his was very like blatantly Hulk Hogan's oh, gear maybe it was yellow, yeah, maybe it was, yellow yeah. like trunks yellow boots another thing is uh, Dr. Death and Terry Gordy were actually tag team champions in Japan we oh. called the Miracle Violence Connection <laughs> <laughs> the Miracle Violence Connection yeah 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 of which course. is a yeah. yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah. sound too brief. No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. Well, say they battered. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, you know, like Japanese lads kicked it. Yeah. they kicked the shit out of lads. But oh, look, those reps, yeah, those dials, brilliant. Fucking, and as well as all that, another highlight of this match was Michael Hayes outside of the cage, just talking absolute shit. The last thing he said, he was. I have to go in. <laughs> yeah, he was. Kind of, <laughs> Mad for the entire match, and he was like, guy. "I'm next. I have to go next." <laughs> you know, it was like, and he was like, the fact that he was the last guy made it hilarious. I have to go in. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah, but he was like, he was outside the ring, outside the cage while lads are in there going, "Oh, you little puke! What are you doing? <laughs> You're a scumbag! You're a scumbag!" <laughs> and he was um, talking to, uh, I think he was talking to Fatu as well. He's like, "Kill, kill, kill!" kill. Yeah. <laughs> He did a really good job. He yeah, really did. Polly dangerously was trying like, to pass the no, phone. He has his notes and he just goes, "It just says DDT." <laughs> <laughs> did he say that? <laughs> you just like you couldn't see the paper because of the way the lighting was. But Polly just goes, "It just says DDT." <laughs> <laughs> just do the DDT. Like. But the fact that Gary Hart and Polly dangerously are actually taking notes throughout the match, yeah, like yeah, legitimate yeah, managers, yeah. that was fucking cool. So were Paul Ennering and Jim Cornette, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jim Cornette's like private notes, go it. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty. Like, like, I know, like a lot, of, like War Games. I'd say as a wrestler, is a very difficult match to pull off. And you can see as the like, match continues it, on, a lot of it you have to just like it's a lot of punch, kick, brawl shit yeah, because of the way it is. Time. And, yeah, especially yeah. because of the fact that it can't finish until everyone's in. Yeah. Everyone knows you're just kind no of stalling. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the same time, when it never happens, felt like that during when this match. Happens like fucking animal doing oh. dive or like you know like. Like when Samu comes in and does that spin kick or Dr. Zeth does those fucking rep military yeah, presses, yeah, yeah. it's like these little spots scattered throughout, and you're like, that was fucking really, great. Yeah, that was fucking brings great. a caliber you know, up. And like, it keeps, like, mm. I can only imagine what the talent of today could do with this type of fucking match. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They'd be fucking. The, in, the innovation, like, you know. Right. They'd be like, like Biggie, fucking Javelin, Kofi Kingston <laughs> from one end of the cage. Yeah, all, from one end of one ring all yeah, the way to the other end of the other ring. Like, mad shit or but like, and you full on know that Triple H. Wants to do Triple it. Triple H does Vince want to do it. Vince like, doesn't want to do it because he didn't invent it. That's yes, the problem. Definitely. I think Dusty Rhodes invented it, which I think isn't that big of it. Like Dusty no, Rhodes, considering fucking, you have a yeah. fucking memorial tournament named after. But him. isn't exactly, it as yeah, well yeah. as the fact that they didn't invent it? Is that 
they'd have to set up the arena differently to have two rings in it and have less seats. But how many less maybe, seats? Yeah. You're literally going to have... What, maybe 50? 50, 60. I know they're all front row, but just bump the price up by $40 yeah. in every seat. People are going to fucking... Pay Hardcore wrestling fans are going to pay out their arse for a war game. Let's yeah, be honest. Maybe, and the maybe. people who are sitting up the front row anyway... Are, are the hardcore wrestling fans yeah. or celebrities who aren't paying for the ticket either way? Yeah, they're gonna, you they know? are gonna, they're gonna pay for, like yeah. they'll pay the money for a war games match. Yeah. And oh, fucking right, cage, they like, will. This cage is like you know, in 1989 construction, you're gonna have like um, I watched because we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to WrestleMania. I'm also Q not grade. I'm not going to uh, make my girlfriend watch five hours of fucking Raw and SmackDown a week. So we were watching. This week in WWE on the network, which is like forty minutes, and just recaps the main storylines. Oh, so mad hard. Not I not exist. I have to watch that. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, it's just mad. Like it's much easier. And does it have like the like the? It doesn't stuff? have everything, but it has. It doesn't right. have full matches either. It literally of course, just tells yeah, the storylines yeah. and the kind of. Oh, that's handy. Yeah, that's deadly. So that's what I've been doing, and then I'm gonna maybe from this week up download like Afterborn and Bottom Line, which are like an hour, and they kind of show some of the matches. But anyway, on the one the week after the Elimination Chamber. They had a kind of thing for about 10 minutes on how the Elimination Chamber is built. Yeah. And I was like, if those lads were building a war games, it would they'd be, be able to do fucking deadly shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they, they basically have this company who build, like they build a stage for WrestleMania 30, you know, the 3Xs. Yeah. And they, they basically build all their fucking big shit. Like it's like yeah, just, a, yeah. just the welders, but they obviously. Dedicated welders. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. But I was like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I will say about this match, right? I enjoyed it from start to finish. Yeah. Every single aspect of it. Yeah. I don't like looking at Bobby Eaton while he's wrestling. No. He's right? a great wrestler, but he, he's not beautiful. <laughs> like, despite what his name is. I actually, I, I, I have an, an instinct to turn away from the yeah. screen when I look at him, like, you know. But I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything. What I did, one bad thing about it yeah. was the ending. I thought, like, you know, he got, uh, fucking Hawk got, who was it? Uh, Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin. He got yeah. him in the fucking hangman. Yeah. And the referee. The referee went in. We went in straight away. Like that, and I was like, yeah. okay, so this is over then. Yeah. You know, because, like, there was submissions beforehand, yeah. or, like, there was yeah. holes yeah. beforehand. Anyway. I will say this. The, the, in fact, the first ever WCW pay-per-view I watched, because uh, we didn't really get WCW in Ireland, and it was just a VHS that was in the local video shop. It was uh, Fall Brawl 93, which had a war games match on it and um, I'm going to finish this sentence in a sec because oh lovely oh cream, oh, cream, of, the cream of the crop cream of the crop anyway yeah uh, that had a war games match on it and the finish to that was Shockmaster had Booker T in a bear hug but uh, that's irrelevant but the referee stayed on the outside yeah and he called from the outside that he saw Booker T submit from the bear hug and rang the bell yeah, and that's what I thought would happen in this match. Maybe, maybe they took your note on board, and that it blatantly shows the ending's coming when the ref runs in and he hasn't been in there for the first twenty minutes. Yeah, like it's like it's actually, if if it had happened beforehand and the ref got it back out and someone had escaped the submission and the ref left, then fair it would enough. Be fine, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So but maybe after that they decided here the ref needs to either stay out. Or of do course, it. this yeah, is yeah, this yeah. is this is the first this version of, of war of games, course, right? When you do a match like. You could tease well, it's not the team. first war games, but it's the first war games on paper. Okay, really. yeah, fair enough, yeah. And you need to, you know, they obviously need to, you need to work on it. Do you like need to tie it up, yeah, you know, there's going to be yeah. teething issues and discovery yeah. phases and Hence stuff. Hence why Bug House Stampede was never on a fucking pay-per-view game. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was shit. Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great match, though. Fucking loved it. Really enjoyable yeah. shit. 
So now we're on to our main event of the evening, but before we get there, we have an interview with the World Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Thank you very much, Jim. Yes, six times World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair is with me now. Only two other men in the history of the sport have accomplished that. That, of course, Luthez and Harley Race. But, Rick, the question on my mind and on thousands of fans' mind is, why are you returning when you know perfectly well another injury to that axis vertebrae and you could be uh, severely injured for life? Gordon, I've heard that question a thousand times, but I've heard it once. I'm returning because <clears throat> I only know one thing in this life, and that's professional wrestling. This has been my life. It's the greatest sport in the world. And the only way I'm going to take another step forward in whatever I do in life is to walk out in that ring tonight and find out just what my future is. Terry Funk obviously is going to be centering his attack on your upper body. Well, he'd be a fool if he didn't. I know what I'm getting myself into, but I think Terry Funk, at the same time, in all fairness to Ric Flair, knows what he's in for. If I am 100%, if I am 120% like I feel I am, Terry Funk will have the fight of his wrestling career on his hands in a few moments. Terry Funk knows what he did to me. He knows he did not do it on a man-to-man -man basis. He did it when my back was turned. He inflicted an injury on me that almost ended my career, and now he knows that right here in Baltimore, Maryland, in front of the whole world, he has to do it again, or he has to suffer the consequences. Rick, let me ask you this. You haven't even had a warm-up match. Uh, I know that you've been working out intensively, but you haven't even had a warm-up match. Do you think your timing could be off? Could, could this be a problem? Well, I've heard that question a thousand times, too. I don't think my timing will be off. I, uh, I didn't think, and I, I was asked to wrestle several times on television, I didn't think that I needed a match with anybody but a main event caliber wrestler. And uh, I wanted to find out firsthand, I guess it was my own ego, I wanted to think that I was ready. I didn't think I needed a warm-up match. And we'll find out, maybe, maybe uh, I didn't think this out thoroughly enough. But I feel that I'm ready for Terry Funk. I feel I'm ready to be the world's heavyweight champion. And tonight, I'm gonna prove it one way or another. I know, of course, I, I won't get an honest answer on this because you're gonna tell me you are 100%. In my mind and in my heart, I'm 120%. If I'm not, we'll know in about an hour. That's the bottom line. Champion, good luck to you, my friend. Gordon, thank you. Thank you very much. Ric Flair, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, getting set to defend that title against the former champion, Terry Funk. And now, Jim Ross and Bob Cottle. Much more subdued, much more very solemn than demure. he is. Yeah, he hasn't wrestled since Wrestle War, which was nice. Kept him out, because obviously Terry Funk attacked him, like a madman. Mm -hmm. Put him... On a table, not quite true, but pulled pulled him on a table, yeah. tracked him with a chair left, right, and centre, injured him. And they even call out the fact that he hasn't had a warm up match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, and I really like the thing they were saying about Terry Funk. He's middle aged and crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. But, so the Ric Flair interview, though, I really, I really enjoyed it because it was different. It wasn't woo woo. It was yeah. basically like I'm the champion, so I have to be the champion, and yeah. that's that. The only thing I would say about it, and this is a, this is a, I guess what you call a creative choice, I suppose. He kept saying like, you know, I feel one hundred and twenty percent, but who knows? We'll see what happens. Right. You know, he kept saying something. I was like, oh, okay, I don't really feel the confidence. You know, maybe that was to, to work it in the sense of maybe, oh, maybe, yeah. Will Flair lose? Yeah, like, perhaps. Will Flair lose? Because he's fucked, like yeah, his neck yeah, is yeah. injured, his back is bad, or whatever, because of Terry Funk's attack at mm -hmm. Wrestle War. And I suppose maybe it's just yeah, a change in his character as well, rather than going the, the it, fucking it, headstrong. Know, he's usually, the like you know, that most arrogant man. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like not so sure about himself. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no. I get. No. I get. No. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. a perfect explanation for it as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah no, I, I liked it as Ric Flair as a face. He was a lot more solemn and somber and sincere, yeah. but it worked as a face. Yeah. Um, probably not... Not what everybody gets with Flair. No, yeah. no, it's not what you expect from Flair, but it was still good. It still, it did the job. It made you want to see the match. And it, it was basically like, what the fuck would I be giving away a Ric Flair match on TV? On pay-per-view, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't yeah, need yeah, no yeah. warm-up match. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit disappointed we didn't get a Terry Funk. A Terry Funk, promo. yeah, he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted her here. Like so Terry Funk comes out with a lot of garlic, <laughs> <laughs> or police as they call them in the states. A lot of security. Yeah, well, there's a lot of police. There, it's a really good visual. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks like he's a bit of a madman. It does. He is a bit of a madman. <laughs> And then Ric Flair comes out and he hasn't changed even though he's torn face. Yeah, he's got how, a load of broads. How fucking good is the pyro though? Ah, oh, it's deadly. It was uh, that was the, the best pyro I've ever seen oh, of any of the man. shows that we fucking watched. It was so good, very good. Yeah, oh, it was really good. Yeah, yeah three fun. women per hour. Yeah. <laughs> and he was going to all the mats on the side, we kissing them and all. Like. And he had like a nice shiny purple thing, looked Lovely like dog. a box of dairy oh. milk or something. Yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> oh. Quality Street. Quality Street. Oh, I don't know. Purple chocolates, anyway. You Poor made me hungry. That's all I know. Yeah. Or, oh, fair enough, Dairy Milk. We'll go with that. Dairy, Dairy Milk. milk. <laughs> Shit. Oh, wordplay. <laughs> I fucking hate the party, guys. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. So there was a match. Of the wrestling. So, no messing, they go straight into it and brawl him right into the oil. Yeah. Flair goes back inside and Funk is on a fucking mad one the outside, basically. Uh, Funk holds a steel chair into the ring, but the ref gets rid of it. The ref is trying to count Funk out, but Flair is having none of it and keeps shoving the ref into the way. He just wants to have a scrap, basically. They lay into each other with some massive chops that are arguably louder and stiffer than the Flair steamboat ones. I they would, are yeah, yeah. vicious. I, like, I, My chest was sore just watching it. Yeah, it, it was... Terry Funk knows how to chop, let me tell you. And Flair knows he fucking does, all right. Jesus, bad stuff. They spill outside where Flair jumps off the apron with a chop, but Funk retaliates running Flair into the ring post, with stomps and slaps Flair around and suplexes him back into the ring for a two count. Funk throws Flair out, tries to suplex him back in again, but Flair counters this time, and they both fall from the apron to the floor where they chop the fucking life out of each other. Back inside, Funk tries to pile driver Flair, but the Nature Boy counters... Back body dropping Funk over the top rope to the outside. Which should be a disqualification under the oh, yeah, rules. But, you know, uh, it feels like they've kind of, like, I, I, we've seen that a good few times now yeah, when they've yeah. just been like, oh, didn't count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. It was momentum. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Flair goes after Funk's neck, cranking it on the outside and landing knee drops to the back of his head in the ring for a near fall. Flair picks Funk up and pile drivers in the middle of the ring twice. Two of them. And they were, they were nasty. Yeah, they were nasty. Pile drivers, they, yeah. they were a bit vicious. Funk rolls out and tries to crawl away, but Nature Boy goes after him and brings him back to the ring. Flair lays in some chops and puts Funk in the figure four leg lock. However, Gary Hart jumps on the apron to distract the ref and slowly throws a branding iron to Funk, who smashes it into Flair's face, busting him open. Funk lays left hands into the wound and hits a pile driver of his own, with Flair, Flair barely managing to get his foot under the ropes to break the pin attempt. Funk loses it and pulls up the protective mats at ringside before choking Flair with some wrist tape. He tries to pull driver Flair on the concrete, but Flair manages to back body drop his way out of it. Back in the ring, Funk hits a pair of neck breakers and screams at Flair to say he gives up and he quits. Gary Hart distracts the ref again, but this time Flair grabs the branding iron and wallops Funk over the head with it, and now Funk is busted up in two. 
Flair hits him with a 10 punch in the corner and Funk is stumbling around barely conscious. That was a serious 10 punch as well. Oh, that was like a fucking rapid digs. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. Flair goes for a running knee but Funk moves and Flair collides with the turnbuckles. Funk attempts the spinning toe hold the move he beat Jack Briscoe for the world title weight in 1975. <laughs> but Flair... Just saying. Like, no, yeah. Like, it's like that's what even Jim Ross says. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? uh, but Flair reverses it and attempts the figure four. Funk then reverses this into an inside cradle. Which Flair then reverses into an inside cradle of his own and gets the pinfall at 17 minutes and 23 seconds. Ooh. Let's talk about the match force before we talk about shenanigans afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Off you go. There you go. Oh. Oh, oh, polite, okay. polite Paul is over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look. Stiff. Mm. Very, very stiff. Those they, chops they, oh. Stiff is the keyword here. Yeah. Stiff mm. as what there? Mm, stiff as a, oh. a pedophile in the playground. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, like, what I found interesting was they're going on about Terry Funk being middle aged and crazy, but like, you think of Terry Funk 10 years after this, and, and then oh, he was. Oh, yeah, <laughs> then he's like fucking. Yeah. Jeez. Much crazier, Charlie, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he was in serious Nick back then. Like, he was never think of her. Yeah, yeah very good Nick. And, like, yeah, man, he, looked, he looked like he was intimidating. Yeah. How good was his selling? His selling was fantastic, especially after, especially after the drivers. yeah, and the ten punches and he was his like, arm was left arm. Yeah, and he's like, he's, he like, falls out of the ring because yeah. his left arm is fucked. Like you know, yeah. Um, this is the first I know we saw Terry Funk at Wrestlemania 2 that was the only other match we've seen oh no we saw no, him we at, saw him at the Wrestling Classic for 10 seconds yeah, that getting was, counted out oh that was shit oh. the what? the re- yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah that. that was a decent brawl and probably Junkyard Dog's best match at Wrestlemania 2 <laughs> yeah. but that was only because of Terry Dory and Tito Santana but I'm glad we get to see him in a singles match with another good wrestler yeah 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 this is Terry Funk stuff I've never seen before and it's f- fucking brilliant. And uh, fucking, he was, his face was covered in blood. Man, at the end of the match, after the match was over, when he was outside, he was standing in the ring, in the crowd and they were all shit in their pants. Yeah. He was <laughs> looking at them with like half his face covered in blood and I, if I'd have been there, I would have been shit in pants. So fucking hell. Okay, his face is bad, but we're going to get to Ric Flair's face after the post-match shenanigans. Well, well, well is... wait till we talk about the post Tell okay. me about the Stick match. Stick to the match. Okay, Stick sorry. Stick to the, the match. match. Um, the finish kind of came, like, as a surprise to me. It's not how I expected it I to finish. I thought it was a bit bogey. Yeah? Why? The pin. The yeah. pin at the flares reverse into the cradle was a bit, uh, kind of... The way he executed it. Yeah, he, well, no, it's, it's the ref almost started counting before uh, right. Flair kind and of got the actual bo- into position. The actual way it happened. The, yeah. I don't mean the physical way it happened. I mean the booking of how yeah, it happened. Like, no, the flow like of how it happened makes sense. That, like, Spinning toe hold to the figure four to the cradle to the cradle. Yeah, no, that like, makes that sense. Was already, yeah, 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 but the, it was just the execution more Fair more so tonight. Yeah, but yeah. of course, yeah, twenty yeah. minutes into a match, like you're gonna be fucked. Yeah, yeah. I don't Especially know. Even everybody <laughs> reversing a cradle into a cradle to win, I feel like the baby face after getting piled driven into a but, table and beating the shit out of with a chair. One of more of a decisive win. How do you keep the feud going? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know where you know this what I mean? is going. I okay, haven't okay. seen NWA eighty nine okay. before. I know some of where it's going. Is it going towards a no quit match? Yeah. Oh! I don't know if it was on pay per view, the I quit match. Ah, oh, fuck's sake. But. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't watch it and it'll be around no, for It does, it does. Okay. You can't like, have okay. cans, but you can watch exactly. it. I, I, can't this, have cans. I thought this match was <laughs> fucking fantastic. I thought it was great, yeah. Stiff as fuck. Excellent psychology. Excellent psychology. Like, battered each other. Ric Flair fucking still using his cheap tricks. 
even yeah. though he's a face. Oh yeah, and um, but that's because he's against a cheap bastard. Terry Funk is enough. literally acting like a baby as well. Like he, 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 <laughs> wouldn't, he wouldn't even get into the fucking ring. He yeah. went down to the outside and he started yeah. trying to lift the rail and up. And he's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's literally he, acting like a baby. He tries to throw the chair into the ring at yeah. first, and he, he fucks it but up. That's so how, he tries that's, to throw it again. But that makes it even more crazy that he fucks it up. Yeah. if he got it perfect you would have went oh he perfectly but because he just fucking bleh, it makes it even better that he fucked it up and it informs the, the mentality that he was in at the last pay-per-view yeah. when he was like freak, when he was freaking out with yeah. him in the Boy, ring and I was like no I'm only, I'm only so, playing around Rick you know <laughs> that's the worst thing about Terry Funk he has the least intimidating voice in the world yeah. but he's very 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 intimidating he's yeah. got this real soft I was already playing around, Rick. And then like, pull the driver. Yeah, yeah, break your neck. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, great match. And then shenanigans. There was a lot oh, of serious shenanigans. shenanigans. So, Flair's won. He gets his belt back. He nails Gary Hart with a punch. Yeah, everyone's cheering. But before he can celebrate, the great Muta turns up, spits mist in Flair's face, blinding him. And then Funk and Hart put Funk Hart and Muta put the boots to Flair. They tried to pull drive him on a steel chair, but then Sting turns up. And they fucking brawl everywhere yeah. in the building. Jim Ross and Bob Codler are trying to say goodnight to everybody. And then the, they all just turn up behind them, kicking the shit out of each other. What did you make of that post-match show? I don't know. It was deadly. Yeah, it was deadly. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest here. Like, Can you know? we just talk about how, like, Ric Flair's face looked like a Pepsi logo at the end, except instead of blue and red, it was green and red. Yeah. He had the blood on his face and the green mist, and he's just... It was well, the fucking They were, like, right there visual. in the crowd. He had the brand iron, he was... Cracking over with the Brandon Iron. <laughs> Sting had nuts. like enough folding chair, one of these like from the basketball arena chairs. Yeah. <laughs> bouncing it off fucking Terry Funk's head. Oh, it was it was dead. I assume yeah, there's good. a tag team match at some stage. Oh baby. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, not just a tag team match. A tag team match. A Thunderdome tag team match. <laughs> what? With special referee Bruno San Martino. Uh, <laughs> wrestling is wrestling. Grand. Yeah. Grand. Thunderdome. What? I, I, I don't even want to ask what that means. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it's called rights. Thunderdome. Yeah. You know it's going to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> With rollerblades. Well, Bruno San Martino wasn't on rollerblades. Oh, but. shit. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. No. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. But, yeah. And the promo afterwards. Did you feel... Ric Flair was very much giving his uh, seal of approval to Sting as well. Oh, yeah. Because he kept making him come back and he was like, fucking woo with me. Like, he <laughs> he put Sting over like nobody's business. Huge, and that yeah. fucking made Sting a star, I think. Well, I think he, like, he would He already been. was, but yeah, that yeah. was like, you know, your main event now, mate. Exactly, yeah. You're yeah. Ric Flair's mate. Yeah. <laughs> what there? What? Did you like the promo? I did. I did. <laughs> Hang on, did we, did we do a little count? I think Ric Flair might have a mullet. I, uh, he definitely has a mullet. Is that 20 of them? It is, yeah. Terry Funk? No. No? Stop <laughs> 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 down, you. <laughs> we got 20 mullets. We got 20 mullets. What, like, what do you it's want? Gonna be, we're going to get to a stage where there aren't going to be any more mullets. I'm and gonna this, cry. this is going to be the peak. Yeah, we're gonna is. need to figure out a new hairstyle or something new to count. No, <laughs> no. shit gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there'll be shit gimmicks based on real life occupations. That'll be <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm ah, ah, that's a throwback. I believe the goon was performing at this show. He was, yeah. <laughs> Bill Irwin became the goon, didn't he? Yeah. An ice hockey player slash wrestler. 
No, he was too rough for the NHL and he got thrown out. Couldn't see. be an ice hockey player. So anymore. was he Happy Gilmore? <laughs> happy Goonmore? Oh, oh no! Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, anyway, even as I was saying that, you know, best I, I, and worst <laughs> of the night or something. Ooh. Okay, I'll go. I'll go first because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go first because I hate it. It's fair. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, we all hate you. I'll go best. This is very hard. It's quite difficult, isn't it? There's a lot of fucking rapid shit, as they say in Dublin. Uh, Fuck. I did really, really like the main event, but I think part of what I liked about the main event was the post-match shenanigans. In that, like the way Muta turned up, he looked fucking cool as fuck, spitting <laughs> the mist, and like he did the. Oh, he was so evil and oriental, but <laughs> which is what they wanted to think. Yeah. So I don't know if that counts for the match, and the War Games match was fucking deadly as well. There was like three hundred pound lads. Oh. Superman across two rings and like I don't oh. and then the television title match was also fucking lethal I'm going to go for Sting versus Muta as just a sort like war, they were, the main event was deadly and the war games match was deadly but I think just as a, a nice roughly 10 minute professional wrestling match Muta versus Sting was great worst match is probably the king of the hill two ring battle royal but I think Given a battle royal, the worst match is a cop out because yeah. Yeah. battle royals are battle royals. So the worst match is skyscrapers versus dynamic dudes. It wasn't a bag of shit, but it wasn't in, in in the kind of company of the rest yeah, of the matches. Yeah, it was grand. Like it was fine. Didn't hate it. If you maybe watch it again, I wouldn't hate you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And Great American Bash '89 overall, oh, you should watch so. it from start to finish. Yes. Even the matches as we said were meh. Watch it all because it's the fucking business. It really is. Yeah. Okay, uh, I want to say something different, but I have written down worst match of the night: skyscrapers yeah. versus oh, dynamic dudes. Was, and again, not that it's a bad match, but Dan Spivey just being a horrible, dangerous Who? bastard, Mister Spivey, <laughs> being so dangerous and yeah, reckless that, that wrecked my nice. head. Yeah, um, and Sting Muda, eight minutes of fucking lads being lads. <laughs> Like, lads will be lads at the end of the day. and planches yeah. and mist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eight minutes of the crack. Mist. Oh my. Oh. But, <laughs> like, that, that's the match of the night, but still, like, I, I, I'm going to invent a new category for right now. Spot of the night. Animal and Ani- his fucking animal, animal. That's a fucking uh, deadly show by yeah, the way. Spot that category, is not, yeah, we're introducing that right but now. But the thing is, we're all gonna say the. I think we're all gonna say the exact it, same thing. Is, well, someone might say Hawk doing it, but animal. I think did animal first. is better because no, it was a animal, forced. Animal <laughs> did a force, and he also outweighs Hawk by a solid thirty pounds. Yeah, say, so. And yeah. he fucking cleared those ropes. <laughs> and but like, but I just did. He may as well have been Rich Swan. It's ridiculous. Overall. Best pay per view we've watched so far. You better believe it. Yes. You better believe it. Um, I believe Dave Melter said it was the best pay per view up to no, this point. The readers of oh. Wrestling Observer did because the awards aren't. Yeah, the five stars and all that bollocks are his opinion, yeah. but the awards, awards are based on, on the reader opinion. On the reader opinion, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. It, but I think it was the highest rated pay per view. Up to this point yeah, of yeah. any pay per view, averages of yeah, stars yeah. matches yeah. as well probably. And, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. 
worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I will also say this, I know I'm kind of preempting it, but um, Ric Flair versus Terry Funk also won Feud of the Year in both Wrestling Observer, which is voted for by Smart Marks, and Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which is a kayfabe magazine. Yeah, yeah. So it did the job. Well, we've got a lot more deadly shit to look. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <really> good. Thunderdome. <laughs> Wait, Mr. Bibby. He's not the Thunderdome. Oh, shit. Good. Right, go on. I have nothing to add. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Worst match of the night was the, the tag match, yeah, Dynamic yeah. Duels and the Skyscrapers. And yeah. again, it's not what? necessarily yeah. a bad match. Yeah. Again, Dermot will agree with you at 100%. The powerbomb really, really pissed me off. It was Along so reckless and With Sid Vicious no selling. You know, yeah, and I understand yeah, yeah. that he has a character to protect, and maybe that was a conscious decision. But that doesn't mean you bury your mates. But that's, yeah, but does, it also colleagues. doesn't mean that you get fucking uh, a crack across the fucking jaw and you just don't do anything. Yeah, you know, you just stand there like punch you know. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of a like, fucking flincher, like even a, if you punch, like if Mike Tyson got punched flincher. in a match, he wouldn't not move. Yeah, exactly. You'd go, oh, but I'm also Mike Tyson. You know, and yeah. a, like the fucking sting, great move. Match was just fucking deadly. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Like, Did you like I, it? I, I, did you enjoy yeah, that match? I, yeah, I really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was really nice. Yeah. And I, I'm going to give it to Animal as well for spotting like yeah. that <laughs> fucking shoulder block was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was t- like it was so good that it invented a spot. That's how good it was. And did like the Road Warriors have a catchphrase at this stage? They don't have water rush, no. <laughs> the only thing they have really had was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> water rush. Yeah. That was one of, the only one they have is when Animal usually does the promo first. And then, and then he, he goes, Tell him Hawk. <laughs> and then Hawk will tell yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell him how he's going to rape Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. And then kill Michael Hayes' family. <laughs> what a baby face. What a good guy. What a nice guy. I like him. My yeah. God. So, like I said earlier, it was a sellout. No free tickets given out. 12,500. Any guesses on the uh, average ticket price? For $40. $23. $15.04. Wow. Now, I don't know what that equates to in 2017. Probably 20 something. Money well spent, I'd that say. That's what oh, yeah. 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 Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. Holy it, it, shit. It did 1.5 boy rate, which is 140,000 boys, up from Wrestle War and up from Shy Town Rumble. But less than last year's. Great American Bash put roughly 40,000. Which is very Shit. surprising. Yeah. Because yeah. all the angles going into it were good. Yeah. Maybe it's just, I don't know. Maybe WWF is just taking over. It's getting to that stage. It's getting to that time yeah, of the night. So, our next show is WWF SummerSlam 89. We're heading back to. Oh, we're back to SummerSlam? Going back to uh, El Vinnie Max territory, which will have the Brain Busters versus the Heart Foundation. Ah, yeah. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. The Ultimate Warrior Rick Rude rematch. In a steel oh. cage? No. When is this? Still That's SummerSlam 90. Ah. Uh, I'm a year ahead of myself. Yeah. And. As always. The main event. <laughs> <laughs> the main event of Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus the macho king Randy Savage and Zeus. <laughs> Zeus? Yes. I'm unfamiliar. I'll, I'll find yeah. out. I'll find You'd out. rather stay on. <laughs> yeah, Does yeah. that mean if we're seeing Zeus, we surely have. To watch that other pay-per-view. No first. holds barred. Um, no, no holds barred. Well, the pay-per-view version of No Holds Barred is November. So they had Zeus in a match before no, they showed... No, it hit the cinemas in June. Okay. But the pay-per-view... Okay. The pay-per-view no, was from November. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So the guy who's an actor who's well, not a wrestler yeah. but has a feud over losing in a film. He would go on to be in better things than SummerSlam 89, like Friday. 
and the Dark Knight. Is he the Dark Knight? I told you this the last time, Dave. I don't remember. He's the big black lad who throws the key out the window in the boat. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah. days, I don't remember that. I don't remember you telling me that at all. Sonny Lister? Mm, so, t- no. T- Tony, Tony Lister. Tony Lister is what Tony Lister. Yeah. Obviously, ironically, because he's fucking huge. But, yeah. yeah I think he's, he's been in a few things. He's a, he's a well-known character actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's got a bogey eye. He's got a fucking... Yeah, the bogey eye, yeah. And a yeah. uni, bro. He's got a pretty Saturn eye. <laughs> Bald and looking the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. We done. It's long to fall, August. How's your Ellen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're on the internet, aren't we? We are indeed. Uh, Facebook or something. And Facebook. what's that other one? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Never use Twitter, so don't even bother. Instagram. Uh, Instagram. We use Instagram all the time. We use Instagram all the time. So go, boy, God, I'm with you on Instagram. Fucking follow, you pricks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love you. Yeah, see you there. Bye. Bye.